We help busy over 40s get in shape in 30 days with only 30 minutes of kettlebell training per week. Grab your free ebook to find out how we do this. Type yes in the comments or check the link in our bio or description. Yo, yo, I know. <laughs> listen, no listen, man. I, I have it's already recording because I want to catch your reaction, man. <laughs> what an epic dude! I like, I well, I, traffic in New York was insane. All right, so I was already scheduled to get here later. There's like a van right next to where I live that just didn't let me drive up from where I needed to, so I needed to wait for this van. I'm like about to run into it. I go and turn on my computer, and it has to update. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I I just shared this with Angie. I shared it with Angie. I gotta, I gotta turn my lights on. Turn my lights on. Watch, watch, watch. Boom. All right. So hey, I just I just shared this with Angie. I was like, hey, it's exactly that's exactly what it is. When you when you have when you're in a rush, yeah. Of course. Your PC thinks now is a great time to update the yeah. system. It didn't even ask me a question. I like turn it on and it was like, oh man. It's like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I don't care yeah. whether you like it or not, man. It's an expensive PC, so I couldn't hit it. But a part of me was like, oh man. I love this, man. How's it going, dude? I love it. Going? Hey, oh, it's, I'm doing fine, brother. How are you? Good. Is my sound a little better? I like. I gotta. I gotta set up yes. the horse this time. Okay, yes, yeah. it sounds great. And and for those of you who are already joining, yeah, jo it's not live, but of course it's another episode of the Kettle Knights podcast. And I have my brother Emilio with you uh, with me. So for the second time, and uh, we were texting back and forth. I was like, "Yo, we gotta set it up." At uh, so you wanted to postpone it right thirty minutes later, and then was like, "Hey, yo, I'm running. I'm ready." And then <laughs> I wanted to get this live. So. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just having a conversation, and I, I just want to use this opportunity right now to let you know that uh, at the end of January, it's the 18th, right? So you find, you voted. I yeah, saw yep. it. And did you get the confirmation already? I did. Yeah. I'm awesome. Sure that I did, yeah. Awesome. 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 So what's what's going to happen, my friends, is we have a, a Kettle Knights roundtable. The last time I did it, this was in 2021, I think, or 2022. And I had Steve Carter, Luca Kurcher, and uh, Sean Mosen on. But this time, I am having uh, Emilio. I'm having uh, Pat Damiano and Eric from Eric Dust Kettlebell. I have these guys on. So it's going to be an awesome conversation. I can't wait. I'm uh, excited too. Yeah. But because it's I'm, so... Oh, no, no. You continue. Sorry. Finish yeah, I feel like, I feel, yeah I, I feel like... I feel like this is a, a awesome energy that I have to combine yeah. because now I know what Eric's like, I know what Pat's like, I know what you're like. And I think we're gonna bring a lot of heat, a lot of fire to the combo. And it's the first time actually that I wanna, like I told you guys, we wanna use some keywords. Maybe it's not just kettlebells. Maybe it's gonna be some like, hey, Donald Trump, what do you guys think? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah, just I, saw, I saw some of the topics. Having a conversation. Like, oh, yeah, having a conversation. Right, right, right. Cut it up, cut it up. Just like Joe Rogan style. Still focus on kettlebells. And of course, we have New Year's resolutions coming up, right? So we want to we wanna motivate people to, to stick with it. And I'm really interested in how you guys plan on doing this, how you yeah. motivate your clients, how to, how, to, how to motivate yourselves. But this is going to be an epic session, man. And hey, where's your sweater? Dude, I, was I don't have any Christmas. <laughs> Uh, I was looking for it and I don't have anything. So you have okay. a high rock sweater. I wore okay. a high rock sweater on purpose from our last oh, conversation. Awesome. That works too. That works too. Yeah. But I was going to say, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm super excited for that conversation. But have you looked at the numbers of that conversation? There was like an odd one out. It's like on Instagram or on YouTube. 
have like 30 or 40k followers. Pat has like 200,000 followers. Yeah, Eric Pat's has like massive. 100. Yeah. And then I have 1600. <laughs> Listen, man. No, I don't no, I mean, hey, I don't care. No but nobody on God's green earth cares about these numbers unless it's you and me who live in that stupid bubble. Yeah, like and sponsors sometimes, I guess. But that's not how I yeah, and money. sponsors. Okay. And funny, yeah. come on, man. We can fake these numbers all the way. And then sponsors are, are brands who don't know their stuff. They'd be like, oh, this guy got a lot of reach. And come on, man. This is... Nah. Hey, and, and let me tell you, man. I don't care about... about Pat. Pat's great. Yeah, Pat, Pat's solid. Pat's solid. You're solid. Eric's solid. It was like, awesome, man. This is going to be a great conversation. And I don't even have, I, even, I don't have big numbers. Who cares, man? Nobody does. It's all about serving value. It's all about uh, getting together, especially like-minded folks who, are, who, who, who share similar vibes. Especially, hi. Hi, Lisa. Yeah, I, that, that, that's that. what it is, man. Yeah. Our episode has a lot of views, too. Yeah. Our episode, hey. yeah, has a lot of listeners, yeah. Yours? Let me tell you, man. Hey. I, I I was like I have the, the the biggest the biggest views that I have is the one with uh, Jeff Jeff Newport. That's like three thousand views. Oh, and by the way, uh, we've cracked one thousand subscribers, man. Oh, nice, man. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Now I like I t uh, thank you, man. Like I told Pat, I told Pat. Now that Joe Rogan's money is about to flow in, man, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, you hit one K, and it's uh, dude, you're massive now. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Hey, I already got one dollar sixty of the analytics, so you that's that's some chewing gum. Sometimes. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Okay. You gotta no, I mean, celebrate the deal. small wins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like yeah. jokes aside, so, making jokes, but that is a big deal, though. It is a big deal. Yes, let me yeah. tell you, with with and, and I'm actually proud because it's my second YouTube channel. I mean, the the big one, of course, uh, yeah. obviously, is generating some some nice revenue every month, which I'm really happy with. But having a second channel cross the 1,000 subscriber mark and now being able to monetize it, man, that, that's an achievement. And It is, and, yeah. And it's easy, easy content. It's conversations yeah. with people that I like, stuff that I can learn. We record it. We put it up there. Man, that's – I think – talking about Joe Rogan, man, you mentioned something about the numbers. We, we're going to get back to it. But mm -hmm. Joe Rogan, I mean – isn't that awesome? You can you can talk to folks. You can talk for four hours. I mean, the Alex Jones episode was crazy, yeah, yeah, like yeah. three yeah, four hour episode. Yeah. And and then you you have a conversation with your friends, and then you get you you get some you get some dough off of it. Wow. But even more than that, like yeah yeah, that's great too. The money and stuff, but it's also testament. I was actually thinking this totally on a different scale. So I don't know if you know, I competed in a strongman show yeah. last weekend. Yeah, yeah. I came, I came in third. I saw that, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I came in third. I saw that, awesome. Uh, what at first, but I, I teach a strength and condition, well, I teach a lot of classes, but like my flagship class is a strength and conditioning class that I teach Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays at a pretty big gym. And somebody was covering, and she's a great coach, but one of my friends who was, was working out there, and he was like, how many people usually show up to your class? I was like, oh, you know, 15 to 20, like 25 sometimes. He was like, so not three. Right, not three people. <laughs> yeah, and I and I was like, oh, not no. three. And I, I kind of had this moment where I was like, and I'm connecting it back to you. Where I was like, you know, to an extent, like, yeah, we're in this fitness game, but people show up for us a little bit. Like, you know, 1K followers, like that, that's a testament. That's 1,000 people showing up for you in some exactly, way. Exactly, man. Like that's a big deal. Oh, like you, you're having a big impact. Oh, so you, like, yeah, proud, man. That that is a big deal. Like I'm 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 sort of belating the point because 
really that that's awesome you're right you're right so i isn't it sometimes that we're blinded by these big numbers right yeah for we are yeah we yeah, when you look at, for example, one one of the biggest streamers in, in the gamer space, Doctor Disrespect. Look at this guy. When when he's when oh, he's I'm on, a oh, man. When he's <laughs> on, he's got like twenty thousand people live Insane. with him, and then they 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 donate and and he makes and I mean putting the money aside, but just how big this guy is. And then you look at your numbers, and even you know bigger bigger folks in that space are like, wow. Jeremy Etier or, or Athlean X or all these guys, they put up the video, bam, it crashes like 1 million views. Or you put up your, your rock star and, and you put up GTA 6 and it, and it blows yeah, up yeah, the internet. Massive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. You, you do this you become is desensitized by the numbers. You yes, do. yes. And but people you are, you realize. Yeah. Well, but but say, you're like, so right, man. You're so yeah, right. You change one life and that's a big deal. <sighs> 100%, brother. Like, you know what I'm saying? 100%. We think, oh, you know, uh, you know, Going back to Pat, because we'll be talking to him. He has 200,000 followers. I mean, that's a lot of followers on Instagram. But mm -hmm. if you think about it, like, back in the day before social media and stuff, if you changed 10 people's lives, like, that's a pretty big fucking deal. Wow. Or, like, if you're a teacher and you change 20 lives in a year, like, you're making a big impact. So it's just, it's interesting how we think about it. We're so obsessed with numbers now. It happens mm -hmm. with lifting, too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, everybody's so obsessed with these 800-pound deadlifters. Mm -hmm. Now, 500 pound deadlifts seem route. It's like, a, it, it's like, come on, man. That's easy. Even though that's, that's like, are you crazy? 250 and a lot kilos? Of the people on Instagram, they're not actually deadlifting 250 kilos. <laughs> and, They'll say it is. Uh, is. Isn't it most of the time that the people who are, look, one, one guy, one guy, I'm not going to mention this name. I, it, it's a, it's sure. a, it's a, it's a, not, not a person that I know, just a, a, a moniker that I see on YouTube. And sometimes, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but sometimes, you have just certain users, they pop up all the time and they always have something bad to say. And, oh, and yeah. you know, funny thing is, funny thing is when I don't like something, I just tune it off. I, I don't feel the need to reach out to the person and tell them more than once that I don't like what they're doing or that I, you know, it's like, hey, rah, rah, rah. You, you get what I'm saying. I just tune person's it off. commenting on your YouTube. That, that's yes, 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 yes. So there's this one guy who's saying, I, I shared a workout and then he's like, Come on, man! I did I did X amount of reps with clean and thrusts in 20 minutes. Blah blah blah. This oh, workout's yeah. a joke. Like, come on, man. it's uh, okay, okay. So the next one is like, hey, man, you realize that you that you uh, your kettlebells are way too expensive. Just saying. And then and then you see these monikers. He's not the only one. This guy. They they pop up yeah. on a regular. And then I'm like, come on, man. It's I even forgot what I wanted to say. Yeah. I get with what you're saying, like, and I've, I've kind of had the same thing because, again, we're not the same, but like, I'm on Reddit all the time. Like, that's kind of how I got my online journey started yeah, with yeah. working out and stuff like that, and even coaching too. And I kind of had that at the start of the pandemic where, like, the Reddit used to be very aggressive about like form checking, about being mean if you're doing something wrong. And oh, you've wow. seen me work out. You've seen me work out. <laughs> you know, I'm not always looking my best. And people would like really come after me and stuff like that. Wow. And I kind of had to get to the point where I was like, oh my God, like I, I kind of realized I was like, oh, these people are commenting in a lot of cases because they're just looking for a win. Right. Mm. They're, they're just like, they're trying to feel better in some way. Right. And the thing is, and it, it, you know, those people I think will stick around. But I've noticed that the stronger I've gotten, the better I've gotten, the one, the less those comments matter, and two, the less those comments come in at all. Yeah, yeah. They're far in, be far in between, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They well, decrease. Like 
the frequency exactly. decreases, the, the bigger the audience get and the more expertise you're building, because of course yeah. you get better, you build more experience, and, and, and you get social proof from yeah. not, just, not just the channel, not just the numbers, but other professionals as well, then it's like it decreases. It's like, okay, and I even get these comments as well. It's like folks' comments on the channel be like, hey, I used to hate you, right, and, now I, I and now I like you. Right, right, something like this, right? I mean, that's kind and, of an aggressive thing to say, but I, I get that. Like, you yeah, used, but you used to hate me? come on, man. yeah, you're oh, who's yeah. hate me? Come on, I'm just just doing videos, brother. Like, I don't think I but hate that, anybody. <laughs> but hey, I just wanted to say, just wanted to throw it out there, Emilio, that your podcast is number two behind Jeff, behind yep. Rupert. Yeah. Wow, that's you know. Um, you know what that is? Just just to make just to make my yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening in. Yeah. This is this is your the the power that you're bringing in so the, the 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 you're a magnet to folks on reddit right because you monitor yeah. that stuff and you also have a decent following who cares about the numbers but you have some loyal folks yeah and, exactly. and who were like wow now i know what emilio sounds like awesome yeah yeah i noticed that too no it was it was kind of interesting it was actually you know um your podcast was kind of a flagship moment if i can like just sort of oh. ruminating on it because a lot of people just saw me on the Reddit or like saw me online and, you know, would talk to me sometimes, but never really interacted. And I kind of had this moment where when we had our podcast, as I was saying stuff, I was like, these are things I've said on the Reddit. These are things I've said on my coaching page. These are things I've said to my client. And I had a moment where I was like, I can actually be quoted now. Like people have actually been quoting things that I've said on this podcast or that we converse with on this podcast. And I had awesome. this moment where I was like, whoa, I was like, I'm not sure how to feel about that. Because it used to be that I would say stuff in a void, right? Like I could be like, oh, simple and sinister is stupid. And it, it just like it would be. <laughs> let's, put, would, yeah. let's get on but, the treadmill again. Yeah, yeah, simple yeah, yeah. And sinister. Let's, let's run it again. <laughs> but, you know, just giving you like a, an example. I'll do it. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> it, yeah. But, you know, it'd be like I would say that. And it would just be like a random Reddit comment with like 20 upvotes. But then it didn't matter. And now people have messaged me directly. Like they find my page from our video. And they're like, hey, I really like what you said. That's or awesome. I've had people actually say, you know, oh, you're a, you're an idiot for this. And mm -hmm. I've been like, wow, like I'm actually being mm -hmm. quoted. I don't know. It, it's just, I don't really have any second thoughts to that, but it was, it was interesting when that happened to me where I had a moment where I was like, do I want that? Like, do I huh. want to be like that? And then I decided, yeah, I do. I do want to be like that. So I didn't get too introspective. Well, <laughs> but let's, let's <laughs> ponder, like the, let's ponder this yeah. question. Why, why don't we, why, why don't, why wouldn't you want to be like that? Or why wouldn't you want to be quoted? Why? Because you realize like okay so when you look at all these coaches right like let's say it's somebody doing silly stuff like joel seedman right like let's say it's like joel seedman or something by the way the, huge fan probably not for the reason you think i am but i'm a huge fan the legend uh, you gotta share you gotta share why you're a huge oh fan. no i just i just i love that he makes stuff up like it's just it's fantastic like i just find i don't know if he's kidding i think he's kidding right it's a joke he he, he here's the thing oh i remember this back from pat's uh, pat's podcast i'm saying here's the thing all the time and i'm trying to really 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 improve my vocabulary i mean english is my second language but i always have these fillers so i got to get rid of these so with joel seatman all we let's break it down to the common denominator and that is all exercises are made up at the end of the day yeah, I agree. Right? Yep. so that's perspective but some have been proven and have stood the test of time and what Joel is doing is I'm guessing he's playing everybody for a fool. Yeah, I think he's kidding. I think it's a joke. Yeah. 
it's a joke and he plays everybody he plays that role so solidly and then he gets this big following and maybe he has reached a point of conversion where he's like i start believing i start believing my my bs or i can't turn around i went too far with this i can't show how i'm actually training these players <laughs> they post them doing uh, uh a legend. Smith, or, or what is it ssb like short range presses i love it but I, I was gonna say like to an extent like i actually kind of like him like jokes aside aside from him being like a meme and stuff like that some of the mm -hmm. stuff he puts out i'm like if you train that hard i could totally see how that's a good thing hmm. like when he does the like uh like the isometric like chin-ups where you have like the chains over you and stuff and you're doing like an l-sit hold like that seems like a pretty legit Which, exercise. What? L sit hold on a Yeah, on you're doing a, like an L sit on with a chains around you. Yeah, you pull and yourself you're holding up. that position halfway up. With that chains. seems like a legit exercise. Yeah. Seems like, like an isometric exercise, yeah. Exactly. And 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 I think people sometimes when they try to become a critic, I think they lose the force for the trees a little bit. Like, oh, everything Joel posts is dumb. Well, he's posted people doing like Zercher carries. No, that's not dumb. That's a legit fucking exercise. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so I mm -hmm. think like and, and this is going back to what you were talking about with being quoted. A part of me was afraid of being Joel Seedman, I guess, where people are like, oh, man, Emilio thinks this? Well, he's actually just a fucking moron. Like, I was nervous about, like, my opinions being something known, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, because I do think hard about my opinions. And sometimes when they're challenged, I'm sure you relate to it, too, I, I get scared a little bit where I'm like, man, like, I don't want to come off like an idiot. Hmm. Um, so I kind of had this moment where I, I was like, no, but, but the thing is, I, I believe you. in what I'm saying. I believe yeah. in what I'm doing. I believe in how I coach people. Yeah. So I was like, no, 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 no. Like I, I, I'm okay with being quoted. Here's how I approach this. I have stopped thinking about my opinions as set into stone that cannot be changed. Yeah. I, I, I have started and I have started really, this sounds a little corny, I am assuming to some of the listeners or, or, or people who are watching, but I am trying to follow the scientific approach in its truest form. So what does science really mean? Science means we reduce the level of uncertainty that we have of the matter that we're focusing on. So in our case, it's kettlebells, right? Yeah. So it's not about being right. It's about reducing the level of uncertainty. And I just had a client tell me this. He was like, you know why I vibe with you the most? It's because you want to get to the essence of things. You go, you go down the rabbit hole. You don't care what's left and right. You only chase the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your sole pursuit is, your sole interest is in pursuing That's the truth. my yeah, only yeah, yeah. pursuit. My pursuit is not to please strong first. My pursuit is not to become a kettlebell world champion or care what the Russians think about me. I do not care at all. I okay. only care about moving closer to the truth. And that is discovering the true potential of kettlebells and maybe yeah. even take it, take it a step further. Yeah. That's, that's I, what I care about. And just to finish my thought, when I say something now that I believe is based in some of my experience, some of the stuff that I read, and of course, all the folks that I talk to, I consider this an informed opinion. But, yeah, but here's where I've stopped thinking about 
because people are asking me like, for example, you got to have Steve Maxwell on to debate him. And I have stopped about, I have stopped thinking about these conversations as debates and rather discussions. We throw things at the table, our truths at the table, and then we see what sticks after we punch holes in them. So if you challenge my opinion, you're welcome to, because if you punch enough holes into my opinion with logical and valid arguments, you're forcing me to adapt it, which is a great thing, which means we're coming closer to the truth. I was going to say, let me ask you something. This is related, and I like this discussion point, but you mentioned Steve Maxwell. Like, are you legitimately interested in having a conversation with him? Most definitely. Like, oh, really? Because he yeah. seems very bad faith to me. Like, it seems like he's just kind of um, trying to get, like, attention. Yes, but he still has the legendary status, so I want to talk does. to him. Does. That's, that's true. Yeah, that, that's, I guess his status does, does preempt him. Yeah. And I'm again, like, and I again. feel like I'm not interested in talking to people like that. For me right now, personally. Like, mm -hmm. I'd be like, really? I, I feel you. making this up. I feel you 100% and I wholeheartedly do not agree with his point of view. And I also think, because funny thing is, you know what YouTube's like, the algorithm. Once you pick up something, the algo's like, hey, let me, let me drop, drop truckload of, <laughs> of the stuff you want to yeah, watch. Yeah. So I saw another video from Steve Maxwell that he had with a video, with a channel, which I've forgotten the name. And it was the same, kettlebells are bad. It was the same. It's like yeah. it's his shtick now. It's his. It's his. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not really the a good. The tip faith. of the spear. Like, yeah, that, that that's the like, exactly. So the tip of the spear in his case is like I want to penetrate the fitness industry with my philosophy. The kettlebells are the worst thing ever. So if you have that point of view, of this attracts me even more to you, because then yeah. I'm like, let's talk about this. Let's talk. Why do you think that is? And let's just play it through because Steve shared. In this recent conversation that he had with with uh, forget these names man another uh, another channel now vincent exactly yeah so he said yeah kettlebells really bang you up okay 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 so so let's backtrack this brother Let, let's 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 check this so kettlebells bang what does that mean yeah and doesn't mean pat, anything <laughs> doesn't mean anything first of all yeah, yeah, yeah. but pat shared something very valuable it's so great that i had these conversations because they always pop into my yeah, mind yeah. pat said said Sometimes we blame, sometimes we have a situation and we blame the wrong, the wrong um, um, component of it. So for example, you start do doing a kettlebell deadlift for the first time, now your back hurts. That's not the deadlift. That's, That's not the 50, either. It's not the kettlebell either. That's 50 years of you not moving. Yep. Exactly. And, right? And now it all corroborated in this one instance where now it's like, oh, or you tweak something or whatever have you. And so with Steve Maxwell, that would be my approach. I'd be like, listen, man, kettlebells bang you up. Great. You do jujitsu, right? You do it on a regular basis. Exactly. You love it. Great. Don't you think this might bang you up? But like, it, and this it, is what I'm saying. It, it might. It might. And, and now with kettlebells, yes, it might. But from a scientific perspective, can you somehow prove that a particular exercise bang you up on a serious matter or on a serious note? No, you can't. But, but Gregory, I think he knows that. Like, I, I think, he, and that's what I'm saying about like, a, I think he would agree. Like, I think if you and him were not talking on a recorded line and you were one-on-one -on -one, face to face, I think he would agree with you. Mm -hmm. Like, and the reason why I have that perspective is like a lot of people that I've met in the fitness industry, like, 
in their recorded content versus how they talk one on one are very different people. Are very different people. Like as somebody who's paid for certs with people, like the way that people present their training opinions online versus in person, usually you get a way at like SFGs, RKC, some of the other New York related certs I can think of. Like I've been surprised where I've been like, oh, you think this, right? And they'll be like, I guess not really, actually. Not not wow. to that degree. You kind of get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I Where, get like, what you're saying. You're, you're selling a product, so you have to buy the product completely online. But then in person, you know that's not the case, right? In person, you know that's not the case. One-on-one, when you're training your clients, you're not going to force your client to have a perfect hinge, right? If they can't access a perfect hinge. You're not going to regress them to a kettlebell wall deadlift if they don't have a perfect hinge. If they can swing good enough, you're going to have them swing. You get what I'm saying? Like people's training opinions and training philosophies when they're not online become much more reasonable. It's like the same thing. Like all these people commenting on people like sumo deadlifting, like 500 kilos. Oh, that's not as impressive as conventional. Oh, oh, shut the fuck up. Like you just watched somebody sumo deadlift 500 kilos. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And if you saw that in person, your mind would be blown. Yes. But it's because we're overstimulated online. We see all this crazy content like we were just talking about. So we get caught up and we we end up having to say something when we can just not say anything at all and not be annoying. But I guess that's neither here nor there. 100% agree. So especially that angle that you're taking with this approach of, hey, I say something different online that I say offline. Recently, I had two conversations now, uh, four conversations about our new program that we're offering. It's called uh, the Kettlebell Crucible. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's an awesome name. I was like, oh, I, I love it. And it works in, in German, it works too. It's two very powerful names for this program. So I had this Go conversation handle. with this. Uh, yeah, huh? Google Handel, right? That's how you say it in, in German. Ah, yeah, yeah, right? that's the Kettlebell. Google Handel, yes. But Crucible in German is Feuertaufe. 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 Yeah, sounds <laughs> solid, right? Sounds really German. Yeah, so, sorry, I, interrupt, I interrupted you. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, cool. all, it's all good. It's all good. So I had a conversation with this guy, and he was like, man, in my first career, the reason why I stick with you, because we were talking about uh, videos and content, and, you know, it's kind of like a warm audience that comes from YouTube, and then they, fu- they fall into the funnel, and then they yeah. have this conversation with me. So he said, the reason why I stick with you is because you're authentic. I was like, well, what do you mean by that? He said, you know, in my first career, he's 50 years old. He said, in my first career, I I was a data analyst. So I was very uh, online oriented, working with that kind of stuff. And so my, he says, my BS meter goes off immediately with a lot of the stuff that I see online. But in your case, it didn't. And and I'm like, well, here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing again good that I'm aware of it. It's good that I'm aware of it. All right. So my brain is now interrupting this pattern. That's good. (laughs) So I do not share anything online that I don't believe in, first of all, and that I wouldn't teach kettlebell related to our clients. For example, for example, I came up with this video idea and I have to, I have to write it down actually. Let me write hey, it down. Get that Let pen. me write it down. <laughs> get, get that pen and paper, man. I gotta write that. That's right, you need so, it. yeah, here's here's what I call it, and I I love it because I was working with the client in uh, in 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 today's session in the morning, and here's a very fantastic approach about the kettlebell swing and the way I think about it, and I was kind of like amazed at myself, not not 
to touch on my back and be like, I'm, I think I'm so suchy much. No, no, that's not, that's not it. I was amazed at my thought process because of the way I break down the exercise. Okay. So when you do a kettlebell swing, especially, I call it the hybrid version, where it's kind of like a Bruce Lee swing, the martial arts swing, the hand-to-hand -hand version, where you don't use tension all the time. It's rather like a strength endurance style, but not, but not the sports style where you use a double bent knee. Like I said, it's something in between, right? And all of our clients do it. And it's so yeah. awesome. So awesome. And you see technique changes with some of the, some of the clients. Some do it like this, some do it like this, but everybody focuses on the most important uh, aspects of it. So when you do the kettlebell swing, and I'm asking you, I wonder what you think. When you do the kettlebell swing, you start from the back swing, right? Yeah. And you hip thrust the weight upwards so it starts flying, right? And then gravity sets in, you switch hands, even if you don't switch hands, let's stay with the single arm, even, even easier to understand. So you keep the arm extended, but since you don't wanna muscle the swing, you keep the arms loose. Yeah. So you let gravity set in. Mm -hmm. Once gravity sets in and your arm reconnects with your body, which is one of the most important muscles that you have to activate in that regard? What do you think? As it's falling? As it's falling, as the arm reconnects with the body which is one of the most important muscles, you have to tense in order to power through the swing correctly and not oh, correctly, with, with, a lot of, with a lot of force and really get the most out of it. You're rebracing, so I guess your core, your abs. Mm -hmm. is, that's not what is, you're looking is for? That, is that your answer? How, is that that a, would be my answer, yeah. That would be your answer, great, great. great. That was the first I, thing I thought of. Great, great, great. How, what, what, what's that show called? Who be, in German it's called Who Becomes a Millionaire? It's like, oh, beep. so who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. So it's yeah, like, hey, okay. you're saying, how, how do they say it? Yeah, you'll give me the answer, and then they'll be like, is that your final answer? Is that and your final answer? Gonna... <laughs> exactly. That's what yeah, that is, I, I would say your core. That's the first that's... thing I think. When you're dropping, as you're catching it in the backswing, I would say the first thing I think of is my core. Okay, why? Me specifically. Why? Because I'm breathing. So as it comes down, I'm breathing back in. And naturally, as a result of just my training, as I come back down, the first thing I think is I'm breathing in with a load coming towards me is to brace. So I'm not thinking about my hips or my quads, my mm -hmm. glutes or anything. Mm -hmm. The first thing I'm thinking is refill the belly. <gasps> and refill then I throw the belly. Okay. Exactly. Why do you think? Why do you think? Why do you think you have to refill the belly when the kettlebell drops? Uh, assuming that I'm using a significant load, yeah, 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 be pushing me under under load on my on my spine. On your spine. Oh. Interesting. Exactly. Let's uh, let's let's take this a little bit deeper. Do you For know sure. what? Uh, do you know what? The, do you know the kettlebell swing study from Professor McGill? Oh, about the shearing forces at the bottom end of the swing. Yeah, we are. The when are shearing forces or when are shear forces the highest? In the backswing. No. No, in the in the uh, on the up on the upwards. Really? On the way I, up? At the I top thought. Or? Yes, at the top. I thought the same thing. I thought I, most, I was like I was like that this really but wait, let's but think about it. yeah let's think this, about it. the back swing though yeah let's think about it let's think about okay. it okay I was I was the same I was like shear forces have to be the highest when the kettlebell is in the back swing yeah because right? that's when you feel everything yes but they're not they're highest when the kettlebells up here you know why because the kettlebell swings upward and this is where your swing is uh, when your when your spine is getting torn apart yeah, because yeah, the yeah, weight yeah. is moving forces away. Are pulling forward because it's a horizontal and a vertical force projection that makes yes. sense because it's and, coming and, forward and, slightly. And it's yeah. 
And just as a side note, it's 80 it's or 90%. Vertical. Yeah, yeah, primarily vertical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So this is where shear forces are the highest at the top of the swing. And I was the same like you. I was like, how is that possible? And right. on a side note related as well, that's the reason why the snatch is easier on the spine. I believe that. Yeah, because you're not controlling the weight because you're, you're bringing it to its natural conclusion, right? You don't have like a, a return because yes. you, you have fixation. So it yes. stops on fixation. Yes. But here's the thing that I have to ask you. It might be related. I don't mean to diverge too much. So as have you ever seen how Cotter does his speed snatches? Yeah. Doom, 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 so doom. I, I yeah. wonder what that looks like, right? Because I've actually been taking that from him for my conditioning work. I've been doing snatches with no fixation with a lean away for ah, speed. Yeah, and I'm yeah. wondering if that actually has a lot oh. of sheer forces because it feels very intense when I do it. It it could be it could be similar to a high pull. Oh, that's right. a good point. Boom. You know what? Yep, that makes a mm -hmm. lot of sense. It, it is like a high pull with like a semi fixation. Yes, yes, yes. Good yeah, point. That's, that's a good point. So let's stick with the swing. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, clearing and see that's why it's so important to be open minded, because yeah. this kind of like cleared my initial assumption that shear forces are highest in the backswing, and McGill says they're not because it's the start of a deadlift position. It's very similar to a deadlift. Even yeah, though the weight is very stable position. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Even though the weight is swinging. Right. So let's get the core out of the way then, because okay, there's no need for bracing, and I would even take it a step further and say there's not even no need. There's even there isn't even a need for bracing at the top. You know what? I'm I, very I'm, extreme. No, no, I'm listening to you because you know what I'm realizing now. Like that was my initial impression as somebody who teaches movement. What I'm saying, but I've been doing. In my off season right now, but for my preparation for my next show, just a few workouts. I've been doing a lot of double half snatch. Oh with, yeah, um, I love these. Wow. Yeah, me too. Boom, I, boom, yeah, boom, twenty-four boom. kilos. I was actually doing it with thirty-six oh, solid, kilos man. yesterday. Um, That's heavy. And you know what? I noticed that I didn't brace. I wasn't bracing, and I was doing the pendulum technique too. I was using yeah. the double knee bend and everything. Yeah. And I notice I'm here. Yeah. And then yeah. I throw it back. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not bracing. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but yeah. I'm realizing me, no. myself, as a mover, I don't brace for in those positions. No reason to. There's no reason to. I agree, now that you're talking about it, I agree. I would say, I would argue, there might be reason to keep tension in your abdomen when you swing incredibly heavy weights. In my case, a 64 kg, was, yeah. which is almost my body weight. In that case, I would say, you know what? Just make sure you use what McGill coined super stiffness. Yeah. Right? while recognizing at the same time that super stiffness might be detrimental to people with lower back problems. Right. He also says this. Funny thing, another side note. Dr. McGill, Professor McGill also publicly states that Pavel Satsulin uses this super stiffness, this bracing technique, to engineer out shear forces. He says that publicly on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually seen that. I think I've seen you mention this before. We, uh, he had this with Squat University. But he leaves away the important piece of information that people with low back problems, you better step away from super stiffness. Because with super stiffness, there are minor movements or even major movements in the spine related to the, to the, to the movement that is available in the spine. Right? Yeah. And some people do not tolerate it. So if you tell me that Pavel or the bracing technique is supposed to engineer out shear forces, but in the paper, there are actually still shear forces present. Even, and you, you also say that this process of trying to engineer out the shear forces is not healthy or not valid for people with low back problems. You have to mention this, man. That is important. 
Yeah, that's very important. That's a big oversight. That's a big, yeah, that's a big oversight. It's like, yeah, let's because engineer. Because a lot of people go to belts, yeah. Let, let's brace this. A lot of people go to belts because of their back. Yes, and then you tell, yeah. um, and then you have, if we leave this important piece of information out, then it's like, hey, my low back hurts. That's because you're not bracing. No, right. it's probably because you're bracing. See how deep that stuff goes? So you have to be aware of this, that, 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 that information. And so... Now, and no, so no, no, let's, you go, you go. Yeah, so let's jump back to the uh, tension part. That's what I've realized. And I'm sure you have seen this mistake from your clients as well. And I came up with the bottle drill. Other people use other kettlebells. Uh, about the height. About the height of the swing. Yep. So that you keep yep. it close to your body with the hinge, right? Yep. So you don't, you don't squat it too hard, even though if... We also know if the weight becomes very heavy, you start squatting more because of yeah, the, yeah, normal, the gravitational yeah, yeah, yeah. pull. We all know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I use the bottle drill because I don't want to damage my other kettlebell. Because Steve taught me the kettlebell drill where you like you put a kettlebell between your legs. I was like, nah, man. That damages hey, the, kettlebell. the kettlebell. Yeah, so, <laughs> so use an empty bottle. For those who are listening and don't know what I'm talking about, use an empty bottle about this size, right? Just a, just a, a average size bottle that is empty, made of plastic, you place it between the legs of your client, and then as you're swinging the weight, and the kettlebell drops too low, he hits the bottle, and this is a great signal, or a great cue, that the kettlebell travels too low. Yeah. So here's, I, and, so here's my follow-up question, Emilio. Yeah. If we know that this is a mistake that we want to correct, which muscle do we have to use in order to decrease the height that the kettlebell is traveling in the back So in order to decrease the height, think about it. If you're if you're getting too low, you have too much knee bend, or alternatively, you could have your hips pushed too far back because you're doing a tipping bird swing. So the muscle that would offset that so that you have proper is it your lats? No, it's not your there lats. There you go. Is it, it is your lats. It is it your is lats. The lats. Okay. It is the lats. Yeah, that makes sense because it keeps the bells high, right? Because if you go like this. That's what everybody does when they mess up yes. their, um, their swing and they swing too low. They go like this. But interestingly, yes. this, the more I've been delving into the sports swing and the pendulum swing, that's what you do with the double bell swing, right? You, you actually go like this. Yeah, you go like this. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> now it's a real thing. It's when you drop it, you, you actually go into a kyphotic position of the spine. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yes. But, still, but still when the kettlebell's here, I have tension here. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yep, yep, yep. Because he, I also found out with, with the double bent knee and the rather sports style where you go into a kyphotic position of the spine, of the T-spine when you drop the kettlebells into the backswing, I keep tension and I feel that my lats are like a spring. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I know bells exactly come, what you mean. Yeah, the bells come up way easier. And so to finalize my conclusion or my thought process, I've realized, okay, they always say lats tight. I agree, but when? Not at the top of the swing. No, at the back. At the back. Yeah, Keep the arms true. close and pull your arms in. And for us who are movers who know what we're talking about, it's keep the lats tight. And for people who don't know what this means, it's like keep your arm close to your body. Yeah. Really push it in. Yep. And here's what I now dub this. I dub this loading the sling. Yeah, 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 because you're literally you're pulling back. Yeah, that makes perfect You're sense. You're pulling back. And, yeah. and think, about, think about a sling or a catapult. Yeah. If you, if you load the catapult, right, and so the, the, the band that holds the kettlebell has no tension, 
There's no, there's, there's the, 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 the flipping of the kettlebell. It's not going anywhere. The, it's not going, going anywhere. Yeah. So imagine that in the kettlebell, the, the tension, the band that holds the tension is your lats. And this yeah. is how you load the sling, all the weight, and yeah. then your hips can do, can, can use most of their force because now they can move against an object that, that is stable. coming with, that's stable. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Although I think actually, you know, we were talking some, you know, some smack about Pavel in the past. I think he actually has identified <laughs> this. I think he's actually identified he this, right? Where, where he's called the backswing, or he calls the swing a pull. Right, like he would consider, or the hard style world largely considers the swing a back exercise, like a pull exercise. So yeah, so see, I'm coming to the same conclusion. Awesome, and I, I think I mean, don't quote me on that, but I, I think I'm right. Like I don't think that's I'm what it is. Up with that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a pull. Yeah, pull is maybe maybe too. I said Pavel said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but pull is maybe a little bit, but it's easier to maybe visualize. Yeah, because a, like pull, a pull for me is, is really where you where, where you dynamically yeah. move the lap, exactly. right? So yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it shortens. But with the backswing, it's like keep the tension. It's an isometric. So, so, so the lats play an isometric part yep. so that you can load the hips so that, I love how you say it, so that the weight stays stable. Yep. Yeah, so that and it's not because what do you see? Because what's historically the other issue you see from people, I don't have like a good demo right now, but like you see this happen to the bell at the backswing, right? Yeah. See this happen, exactly. right? Where it hits them in the ass. Exactly. Because they don't have proper tension. And then you'll Exactly. The way I do this is actually similar to the, the bottle drill, but it's way more like one to one training, is I'll actually catch the bell. So as somebody swings it up, I'll go like this and put my hand here. Ah. And I'll guide them slowly. And I'll mm -hmm. be like, Okay, I'm gonna let go now and you have to wait for it to hit you until you bend over. Mm -hmm. And then they catch mm -hmm. it. And I find that exactly. there's something about that extra time that they get. That fixes a lot of people's swings. That's a good point. I fix point. so many swings by just having them yes. start with like 24 or something like that. And I just go boom and catch it. And I'm like, get ready. Mm -hmm. This is going to hit you. Okay. Mm. And then that fixes it. That's um, a, I was that's actually going to say, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I was going to say, going back to not needing to brace during the swing. It's interesting how training sometimes manifests in this way. Because mm -hmm. I recently did, um, as I've been training Zercher deadlifts in my off season. You know, it's one of my favorite moves. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> There's no way you won't look at my page and don't know that. Anything Zercher related is what you love, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I did a, I did a Zercher deadlift off a deficit with um, oh, 143 kilos. Reaching yeah, down, reaching down. Yeah, Ooh, like RPE7 yeah. um, with 143 kilos. Wow. And the biggest thing that I felt wasn't my spinal erectors, Gregory. It wasn't my lats. Do you know what it was? We're talking about loading mechanisms in the swing. Just guess. What, what do you think it was that I felt the most the next day? That were sore. When you were going down into that Zercher deadlift stance, right? So after you... I did my Zercher deadlift, the yes. next day I had a sore body part. Huh. So it wasn't the lats. It, was. it wasn't the lats? No, it wasn't the lats. Off of a deficit Zercher deadlift, 143 kilos. The hams? Hips? No, not the hamstrings. No. Wow. It's the opposite of what you were talking about with the swing. It was the abs. My abs were sore. Because let let let's just let's just play this through. So the, the the abdominal muscles they crunch your body, yeah. And the the erector muscles they do the opposite. They extend your body. Yep. So as you go down into that bottom, so you your abdominals were isometrically loaded. Yep, exactly. I've never felt that before. 
because my mobility has always been good enough in a Zercher deadlift that I can actually almost Zercher deadlift with um with a straight back. Almost. It's wow. close. This is one of the first times I've done a movement where my where I was literally like honestly ass up. Like my I was really like Wow. Like was almost this, like a stiff uh... leg. Yeah, because it was off a deficit. Like the range of motion is enormous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I could feel the next day my entire abdominal wall just like on fire. Mm. And it's super interesting because it makes me think, you know, we're talking about the kyphotic position with the swing. We're talking about all this stuff. And it's like load is what is what causes bracing to be required. You get what I'm saying? Like my spine was in a compromised position at the bottom of that Zercher deadlift. And so my my I, I braced into overtime. It was probably the hardest I braced in a long time. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. And so it's so like I, I, to complete my thought, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, you, keep going, keep going. But when we talk about kettlebell training, generally speaking, we're talking about in loads that in terms of your maximal strength are like 20%, 30% of your true one rep max deadlift. You know what I'm saying? And I don't brace for a 30% of my one rep max deadlift. I don't know if you do, but I don't. It's not necessary. So it's, it's not necessary. So it's interesting that we talk about Oh, swing, even simple and sinister, like the end goal. Right, right, here we go. The treadmill. Um, <laughs> the treadmill. But like, We're back even at a 32 it. kilogram one arm swing, that's not a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. For now, Depends on who is using it, of course. Of course. But of for course. you and me, I would assume I even feel this now. When I, when I started one arm swings or single hand swings with a 32 kg, I always felt this kind of nagging sensation in my left side. And I was like, that, that doesn't feel well. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't like feel. Like sacral region? Yeah, yeah, like lower back, left side. Yeah. I, I can't even remember if it was left or right side. That's gone now. That's gone. So I was assuming that's weakness. So I was weak in that. I was part. gonna say what fixed it? Probably just yes. stronger, right? Yes, and <laughs> yes, and yeah. and and the the unilateral aspect of that exercise forced this particular muscle group or this particular muscle to become stronger, which is great, right? So I I was taking care of a weak link in the chain. Yep. And now it feels like hey. That's that's solid weight for me. I can handle it not easily, but I can handle it with 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 great uh, with a lot of uh, confidence. Right, but what I'm saying is you're not bracing under it, right? I, I brace to a certain extent because it's still kind of like in, in in the moderate to heavy range for my body weight. Sure. But but bracing, I I love how you describe the Zercher deadlift. So your spine is in the compromised position, mm -hmm. and so your abs or your, your, let's call it the antagonist muscle in that regard, is making sure that even though the spine is in that compromised position, it A, doesn't get any worse, and it B, adds stability in a compromised position. Yes. And this is the kind of training that you would need when you're, for example, out there on the battlefield. And here you have your, your, your fellow soldier dropping down. Nobody can do, you can't hinge. Come on, man. This is, this is body weight, right? You yeah, have there's a, no time. You got to pick There's up. no time. So you got to pick him up in a rounded position. And maybe you even got a duck. You got a duck. So you have to, yeah. there you go. There you go. So then you have to put your spine in a compromised position. But if you have some solid training, you're not getting hurt because then your antagonist muscles be like, okay, this is not the perfect place to be in. But let's make sure we it. don't hurt ourselves, even though we are yep. in a bad position. Yep. And e even further than that, you know, it's interesting because now I train like it feels good to say I train a lot of people, Gregory. And like I've been able to see sort of the long term effects of how my training philosophy and how it works. It's interesting. I have this client. I've been working with him for about seven months now. And he was pretty strong when I started working with him. He had just hit his first 185 kilo deadlift for three. He hit 185 wow. conventional Solid. deadlift for three. Yeah, he's strong, Solid. strong guy. 32, 
Um, but he was like feeling unathletic, like, you know, he was strong, but tight, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And when I started working with him, he was worried about me underloading him because I was having him do like front squats. I was having him do like very high deficit deadlifts and stuff. And after months and months of kettlebell swings, overweight, um, double kettlebell clean and press, et cetera, deficit sumo deadlifts for speed and stuff. I finally introduced back to him and he used to, Oh, I'm very important part. He used to have a backgrounding issue with his conventional deadlift. Mm-hmm. Not in that, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you think me of all people cares about that particularly, but during the lift, he would lose stability, right? Ah, uh, yeah. So it's, yeah. A, it's a stability issue with the, with the, with the abs and the spine, of course. Yeah. Exactly. Correct. And I gave him an RPE triple, RPE eight triple this week or last week. Sorry. Mm. And he went for it. And I told him, I was like, 185 kilos is probably going to be your RPE eight. And he was like, no way. That was my max. And I haven't even done a conventional deadlift since working with you. And I was mm. there and I was like, go ahead, try it, brother. And complete like complete stiff as a board bam perfect wow and he was like well why did that happen and i was like because you've been training sandbags you've been training all of these positions when you are in a compromised position if you progress it properly the antagonist muscles as you're saying necessarily need to get stronger that's a very good point man he didn't compromise his position at all because his abs are so used to contracting isometrically underneath way harder and weirder positions wow. that his abs are like, oh, just a regular fucking conventional deadlift? Wow. Let's do it. And I've noticed that too. My, uh, my back never rounds when it's not supposed to. So training <gasps> That's that a skill. bad position. Exactly. That's a skill. Exactly. So training That's that bad position has made me better at lifting safe. Do you get what I'm saying? Wow. Like not having a deficit has fixed my my other weaknesses, if that makes sense. Man, we're talking rocket science here, man. I, dude, I love this stuff. Like, yeah. I really do. Like, this I is joke advanced, about it. high level stuff, right? Hold it's... On, I tell all my clients. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I know I'm talking a lot. I've got this. I won't turn it around because I've got somebody's like information on this. Uh-huh. But I have my whiteboard, uh-huh. um, and I, I I literally get it out and get a marker and stuff like that uh-huh. and write out people's stuff. Yeah. And so yeah, all my that. clients, they joke, "Oh, what's the whiteboard looking like this week?" Because I just like I calculate yeah, yeah. it out. Awesome. I love but I'm this. sorry, what, what were we saying? I interrupted you. It's, it's, it's this type of advanced stuff that we're talking about right now is what beginners do not understand. And then they think yeah. everybody says something different. I get 100% where they're coming from and I get where, where we are coming from because this is, let's call it bird's eye perspective where you truly understand if somebody's a master at moving, you can tell this guy is rounding his back consciously this is a major difference between somebody who doesn't have the strength to keep a a a hard or a stiff hip hinge this is a big difference and i it harkens back to what um the greatest power lifter from the uh, ed cohen is saying makes make sure everything's strong I can't explain to you how right? deeply I feel that quote. Like I, right? I feel that quote so deeply. Yeah. Like I, I'm a big believer. I actually wrote a post about this, um, maybe a couple of weeks ago, about essentially like not having weaknesses, right? Where like you you should train virtually every range of motion your body has access to, and it's just a matter of load management, right? So, for instance, when I started off, and I think we talked about this in the last podcast, when I started off doing Zercher deadlifts, I was not doing 143 kilograms off a deficit. I was doing 60 mm. raised. You get what yes. I'm saying? Like with of lower course, range of motion. Of course, of and course. And it's been effort, year, years of effort of building up this range of motion and strength in these positions. 
Um, and so these are the type of thing that I think is, or like even push-ups. like I'll do push-ups off of like crazy deficits and I'll still get my chest to the floor. I'm sure you've seen the old Russian uh, wrestlers do it, right? Where they'll like go like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Shoulders. And I Maximum that, stretch. And it, uh, and it mm. took me a while. It took me like six months to be able to build up to that with no weight. And now I can do them weighted with chains and stuff like Love that. Love this. Love this. And it's crazy how much stability overhead it's given me. Or like wow. how much strength overall it's given me. Um, so I'm just a big believer in that type of training. But I don't give it to everybody. Of or course I give not. regressed versions to people. That's what people do not understand sometimes, yeah. They think exactly. they think they think they wow now I've seen this now this this how you train your clients and Pat Pat shared this in the recent podcast he was like man I'm not even sharing my client stories anymore or the way my clients clients train because then you have somebody jump in in the comments be like oh but you have to blah 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 this yeah, is wrong yeah. this is bad and I I forgot to tell I forgot to share this with Pat but I'm gonna share it now yeah, yeah. I rem I remember somebody sent me a video because then you know I. I the the expression content mill I got this from you and then I'm like yeah. when I'm on a content mill I have my spies out there where I'm like guys <laughs> if you see if you see something funny and you want me yeah send it to me right <laughs> so this one guy he sends it to me I'm checking it out and I replied I was like I don't see no issue with this he was like why because he's he sent me a video of a group setting okay. the coach is has like six people and there's this one gal that does clean and press like this, right? With the elbows out, oh, yeah, flaring yeah, out, yeah. and you know, typical yeah. uh, beginner mistake. So I said, I could do a video on this for teaching for reasons. Yes, for content and for teaching reasons. Not, but yeah. I wouldn't bash the coach. Why not? Because in a group class, the trainer does not have the required focus because he only has two eyeballs and he has six people. So he has to make adjustments and there's a compromise in the group yeah. to a certain extent. Yep. And maybe the coach taught it correctly, but still they do it wrong. Yes. And let's take it even a step further. The coach thinks ahead and says, well, I've corrected Francis now for four, four times in a row. I'm gonna let her do a thing because I don't want her to feel in, yep. what's the word, in? Uh, adequate. Inadequate to do the exercise. So let's just let it flow. And in that, partic that. in that particular moment, the camera was on. Exactly. I mean, I'm, yep. going, I'm going deep on this, right? Maybe completely no, different. No, you're but so right, dude. Maybe That's the situation. Correct. Even more than that, another thing people don't understand is, oh, I wish I had one of my kettlebells with me. I'm gonna use my Xbox controller. Yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> been playing a lot of risk of rain lately um <laughs> love it right so this this is not the only way to rack a kettlebell this is not the only way to rack a kettlebell this is actually a way to rack a kettlebell people may not like it people may not like it but if you can teach somebody how to have stability in this position that's better than them being fucking floppy like this in this position do you mm. get what i'm saying I so like I, I teach at a CrossFit gym that strength and conditioning class is at a CrossFit gym. People take my strength class because they're a little burnt out from CrossFit or they just want to get stronger at how I train. Does that make sense? Yes. And I've had people where I've been like, look, I would prefer this position. And no matter how many times I've told them five, six, seven times, they just hate the front rack position. They are just used from CrossFit to this or whatever. And I'll tell them, I'll be like, look, okay, I don't love this position, but if you're going to be in this position, pull your elbows up. Okay unless you're doing a push press and then you're going to be here. Does that make sense? 
So I've essentially given them a safer or more stable version of that wrong technique because they just refuse to adopt the proper technique. Do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. So my question would be, Emilio, my question would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. do they innately refuse to adopt the new technique or is the exercise hardwired in the brain that it just takes longer for them to adapt to the new technique? It's the second That's one. I've got 20 people in a class. And I can't give them one-on-one -on -one time like that. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I'm running a class, that. I'm coaching everybody on heavy lifts. These are assistance works and stuff like that. I get that. I get that. Yet at the same time, I would still have everybody drop the weights and be like, okay, let's correct this position mm -hmm. because it, it's one of the best ways. Safe, safety is one thing, but it's one of the best ways to press a bell overhead. Yes, so from this position. I, I'm giving you, I, I get what you're saying, brother. And yeah. I, I love it. I love it. It's like, hey, these guys don't, this guy's, it, it's too hard. I'm pressed on time. So let's, let's use what we work with. But then I would say, okay, guys, let's dedicate 10 minutes of this 30 minutes that we have or 40 minutes to reprogram, reprogramming your rack. Because if we reprogram the rack, you will improve your press with, within significantly well can so i give you the final step to this i'm sorry to interrupt you yeah, yeah keep going so the people who take my monday tuesday thursday friday strength class they get streamlined into my saturday bell kettlebell my saturday kettlebell class where i don't accept them okay okay so yeah and so i wouldn't even even if you wouldn't uh, because you know this is this is coaches talk this is what people sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah overlook it's like you have to work with what you got and we don't want even though the strong first and rkc guys i'm i'm not sure about the rkc guys but the strong first are big on practice 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 <laughs> right practice practice but bro man these are not fighters these are not weightlifters these, these are general most people are normal people yeah. let's they want they want to work out they want to sweat yeah and by the way i now saw you like be careful no sorry what are you saying <laughs> The anti-glycolytic <laughs> thing. Well, wow, we got we we got to talk about oh, this. Talk let about me that. let me write this down. Let me write this. It's not like you're gonna bring something else interesting up. This. So let me lose it. But oh my, <laughs> yes, yes. But what I wanted to share, anti-glycolytic. Just wrote it down. With this one YouTube channel that I saw, and he was a strong first guy because he kind of like I wouldn't say copy because reactions have been around forever, but he kind of like copy my format. To a certain extent, okay. strong first coach, strong first kettlebell coach reacts to techniques from you know. I know who it is. Right, right. <laughs> I so I, I started like I, mean, I was like, yeah, that's good, that's good. Others do it well, totally fine. But I, but I then I checked out his channel and I was like, okay, let's see what he got. And he does workouts. Oh, okay. In the strong first fashion, and they are, with all due respect, boring as hell. Wait, you mean you don't like doing three press repeats or? Wait, 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 wait. It's three <laughs> press and then you rest for 50 seconds. Yeah, I know. I know how they do it. And you I've repeat this, you repeat this 20 times. Are, are, are you crazy? Nobody. And they <laughs> do this between sets, right? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like a samba class, right? <laughs> it's like salsa, baby. Mix in yeah. some salsa. Hey, that would be a great idea. Like you do the it strong first movement, boom, boom. Fun. And yeah, then it's and then like, get, get yeah, yeah. and you go in all in. <laughs> that, I mean, that would be more fun. Yeah, that'd be more right? fun. That'd be more fun. And, and here's the thing. Like, I've talked about this um, with people before because I'm, I feel like I'm decent at running a class. I feel like I run a decent class. right? Mm -hmm. And people have told me, they're like, oh, you know, your class is fun. 
And I think a lot of people online, they get this like developing coaches brain. Cause I think a lot of people naturally are coaches. They want to help people. I think yes. a lot of these annoying ass comments come from a good place, right? And they're like, oh, if I was a coach, I'm sure you've seen this. Oh, if I was a coach, I would never let them do that. And the truth is experience is the best. You have no experience. You have no experience. Yep. When I was started being a coach, I was exactly like that. Mm Because as much as I post my worst sets, I'm actually very technical. Well, you can tell from our conversations, I'm actually very technical. I think these things through a lot, right? Me too. Me too. Exactly. Yeah, you too. And I think people just naturally don't realize that coaching in these environments is different and you need to switch it up because a lot of people will not work out doing three press repeats every 50 seconds. That is so fucking boring. Like horrendously. You could you could make that a good workout if you added a snatch between mm-hmm. each press. All the and salsa that would be fun. All the salsa, the salsa moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, if we ever if meet, if we ever meet we'll in person, we'll do it. We, we'll hit the Suave yeah. Mente song and we're we going to do I'll this, do man. I know the lyrics, brother. Me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but like... That you could just make a small change. Like you could press in between each of those snatches or snatch in between each of those presses. Yeah. And that would be a more fun workout, even with that format. You get what I'm saying? People want to feel their heart rate jump. They do. And that's okay. Let me share. Let me share how I now schedule my, I call them vanity workout on okay. on Wednesday and Friday. These are my vanity workouts. And, for and they're also, yeah, for myself. And they're also, designed to use as little kettlebells as possible okay for once to give my system another stimulus because i, I love barbells good for you I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and i love burpees I, I kind of fell in love with them body weight barbells dumbbells love that so it's like the idea on wednesday and friday is always let's st- step away a little bit from the bells they, they have still their place but most of it is body weight barbell yeah. here's how i schedule my workout because I, I, I shared this with Angie so many times. I'm like, I'm not sure. I recently went back to a typical bodybuilding type training when I was in vacation in Mallorca in Spain because okay. uh, one of our friends has a, has a hardcore bodybuilding gym. And this is where you can yell and the machines are rusty oh, and it's sweaty. And, and it's it. like, yeah, it's you go balls to the walls, right? Because yeah, everybody's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love this. True and, ego, and, I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that put me back into the bro, bro sign style. Like, let's, best, let's yeah. go, let's go, I love it. And so when I, uh, 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 when I told Angie, I was like, you know, while I love this, I, I don't want to go back because I want my primal, inner primal mechanisms to flare up when I start training. I want to work. I want to breathe. I want to sweat. I want to yeah. I, I feel like my blood is pumping. The muscles are pumping, but also my it heart rate good. is yeah. that, that's elevated. What it is. So how do I? Ciao, Elisa. Cheers. So here's <laughs> what my Wednesday and Friday workout looks like. It's 15 minutes, Imam. I start on even minutes. I have a heavy bench press, and for me, heavy is 80 up to two reps, two not two reps, max three. But most of the time, it's yeah. two reps with 80 kg on the barbell. So two reps, one, two, I rack it, I go to the power rack, and I do four uh, pull-up burpees, down, Yep, burpee, up. yep, yep. So then I have approximately 25 seconds on the clock resting, I breathe, yeah. I breathe, 
As soon as the clock strikes, bing, 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 odd minutes, I go under the bar, 90 kilograms on a squat, two heavy squats, and then four burpees again. That's without good. the pull. I like that workout a lot. Yeah, that's fine. And then I'm continuously, hard. it's hard, and it's continuously moving. I love this. So I yeah. like combining heavy yeah. with with strength endurance or endurance but per se. That, that's conditioning. That's good conditioning work. And that that's, life. that's life. That's yeah, life. It reflects exactly. life. Yeah. And in my second round, it's another 15 imam. I do two variations, but the current variation that I'm doing is heavy sets of deadlifts with two kettlebells, four hang, hang deadlifts with 80 up to 90 kilogram. Four of these, at two or three, I drop it, again burpees, boom, 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 boom. And then I go back at it at, at odd minutes, heavy rows, yep. drop it, boom, back to the burpees. And after 30 minutes, I, f I feel like a million bucks, man. I, I yep. love it. And it's probably all you need. Exactly. So it's fun. It takes care of what I want. out of the, I, I get what I want out of the workout. It doesn't kill me. It doesn't destroy me. And it's not boring. Yep. Yep. It's, it's so, actually, you were going to say something? So with, with that in mind, aside from the, let's, let's just, Put them in that camp, the, 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 the heart style, strong first RKC camp. And Brett Jones, who shared this iron cardio where it does 50 sets of, I don't know what, with three reps and stuff. Average normal people, and I've shared this with Pat, and I think with Eric too, where the money is for us coaches, because these people need help and they're willing to pay because they are in a lot of pain. Yeah. You have to give them something that's fun. And I don't think that's fun. Oh my God. Right? Thank you, it's, dude. It's like truth, you're substantiating man. so much that I think. Like, okay, this is related and I'll connect to Beck. One of my favorite formats, and I did this before I had coaches because I've had coaches now for about two years. Um, I'm just like, if I'm to my own devices, I redline no matter what. Like, you could give me two 16 kilogram bells and I'm going to be on the floor fucking dying. That's just how I am. That's how I work. <laughs> okay. My favorite format that I, I had, that I had the most progress on was this format. It's inspired by 531, Jim Wendler, um, Cryptea. So I would have, I had two 24 kilogram kettlebells mm -hmm. and I had my 49 kilogram kettlebell because of an error when they yeah, were yeah, 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 We yeah, talked yeah. about this last time. Yes, yes, yes. And my goal would be X number of clean and press in 30 minutes. Every time I dropped the bells, it's like sport light. Every time I dropped the bells, I had to do 10 swings or 10 goblet squats with the 49. And so I would start- with And then get back, get back at the yeah. clean and press. You no rest? Uh, you know, like, you'll have to rest eventually. You have the to, goal is to go eventually. As possible. Yeah. Wow. And so I started with 40, I like that idea. Yeah, until I got to 75. And, dude, when I got to 75 clean and press in that 30 minutes with, like, three put-downs, four put-downs or something like that, I felt like a fucking monster. And I wasn't the strongest in my life, but I was probably in the best, wow. best strength conditioning shape of my life. Wow. Like, I just could go. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And, and it's just it's but, just it's such a simple format and you can you can you can i did an opposite. i'm writing it down right yeah. now because it's so so powerful exactly and you can actually and would, yeah keep going keep going i would do the same thing but i would use double 24 front squat and every time i put it down 10 dips or five pull-ups great man for the same format ah, and, see? and yeah just wave the load stuff. so on Mon that's a whole program monday do it with 24s wednesday do it with 20s and increase the volume by 10 percent Friday, do it with 32s and decrease the volume by 25%. How, how do you call that, that program? How do you call that method? I actually method? have it. 
So it's actually, it's a fun, I've never like sold it because I don't really believe in selling general programming yet. I could be convinced. You should uh, be. Between my clients, I call that the Ascension Protocol. I'm going to take this from you. The Ascension Protocol. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah. The Ascension. And I've because... gotten one of my clients up to a double 32 kilogram press and he weighs your weight. How much you weigh? 60? Uh, 70. He weighs 70. Sorry, yeah. So he weighs 75. Yeah. About. Yeah. And he pressed double or he pressed a single 32 on this program despite doing double presses for nine. Wow. That's that's solid, man. Strict press or push pressing it? Yeah, strict press. Woof. I, I personally don't see the value in the difference between strict and push press. I see them as almost the same. I think people care too much, but it was strict press. Oh, you, you think? Oh, I actually make a huge distinction between the two. So uh, for me, for like when it comes to training stimulus, like I think you just. Oh, not. Well, that's. Well. Do. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. You're, let your like body it, adapt. What, what yeah. we say, what we sometimes, just uh, yesterday in, in the Wednesday, yeah, in the Wednesday session, I said, hey, uh, it's clean and press. Try to strict it. And as soon as your body tells you you're off, start pushing. I do the same thing. So that's what I mean when I say I don't see a difference. Like, I, obviously, okay. I practically do. But like when it comes down to it, like you strict press when you can and you push press when you need to. Important distinction. So you don't see the difference coaching wise, but you see the difference in a practical sense when it comes to the exercise. Exactly. Okay. That's, I just wanted to clarify this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'll specify to my clients if like if the if they have an explicit goal to strict press more, I'll be like, okay, we're, we're doing strict presses. But mm -hmm. nine times out of ten, I'll be like, why? Like if you can just push press it, why don't you just push press it? Mm -hmm. Like it's just it's a better stimulus. Uh, you get more weight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you grow. Well, more. we could we could argue that the strict press requires your upper body requires massive upper body strength if you don't use your legs so but 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 we but can also have an hour to work out or two hours yes to work yes out yes week, yes, yes yeah. you get, sorry you get what i'm saying I feel like yeah, 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 yeah 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 of course yeah. of course and we can also have a caveat to the heavy presses there is a reason why they exited out was it the olympics or the powerlifters olympics 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 right they were like because people were bending like uh like like the you know like snakes yeah. <laughs> to press the weight overhead. But they were like, but for that reason, because a push press, yes, you have to. A push press. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? Just done that. But and, and but I like it. I actually kind of like it because and, and again, when you think at it, when you look at it from a biomechanical perspective, it's exactly how you're supposed to press. And people are always m mad about it. But here's the thing, you have to, especially a kettlebell. You have it here. So if the kettlebell sits here, of course, because it sits above your center of mass. If you have it close to your body. Now, if, if you, you want to chart it out. Yeah, if, if you if you press it with a straight straight spine like this, you move the weight outside your center of mass. This is way harder on your body. So your body yeah. naturally gravitates towards pushing it back so that the weight stays inside your center of mass. Yeah. And this is actually again a skill. People do it unconsciously, but if you if you can do it consciously with with the skill involved, you're you're Better. killing it. You're killing it. And that's why you you end up seeing hard style proponents like I think Mark Wildman teaches this, and I don't understand why he teaches you to press like this. With the double bells have you seen this he yes and i've heard bells. i've heard an explanation why why because I, I, I haven't been able to understand i've heard the explanation from uh the italian guy um he's big on uh he's not that big on instagram anymore or he's uh, what's his name he's Is very he a club guy no he's he's a he's a bulgarian back guy and he I has an know. italian last name ah oh, man these these names escape me but but he calls it the scaption press Okay. Oh, so it's and a variation. It's a variation oh, that, okay. according to him, according to him, or according to what he has been taught, it involves more muscle mass. Kind of like the bodybuilder press, right? 
all uh, Arnold Press. Yeah, but in competition, when people are competing in clean and press, they don't. Do they do that? No, no, no. Competition is all about move up in a straight line because you want to go fast, right? But then does but, that make? I don't know. I feel like that makes the most sense, though, doesn't it? Like, yes, it does. It it does. But it might be in your personal routine. You'd be like, hey, but I want to go into kind of Arnold Press style because I oh, want sure. more I my shoulders to work. Yeah, that I get that. We yeah, could. That but see, see how important it is to make these distinctions. But but yeah, yeah. at the same time, at the same time, in defense of Mark, it's a YouTube video. So let's not overload yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. right yeah i agree i just think that that's a weird variation to teach somebody like if i was making and i don't really make them if i was making a form tutorial i'd probably teach the most efficient version of any technique mm -hmm. do you get mm -hmm. what i'm saying like i would probably teach the most competition tested or the most like biomechanically battle hard test and that's what's up man. exactly like that's when i teach up. people how to clean and press uh, actually you'd probably be interested in this i've been practicing obviously i don't have a coach for it but i've been practicing the sports style technique so much in my kettlebell class i pretty much teach like a 60 to 70 percent sport style technique 30 percent hard style hmm. from rkc2 to this because i've just in 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 my strongman practice in my coaching practice i've seen more results from these techniques fascinating i've seen more lift more weight being moved for less pain more efficiently for me myself as well i could i would argue and that's what the russian literature says when you read uh Verkhoshansky and all that kind of stuff yeah and uh, Dr. Michael Yeses, which I've uh, had on the podcast and mentioned uh, or yep. re referenced to many times, is you are probably getting a better result because your body is getting a different stimulus. And I, I refer back to this fascinating, uh, I don't know what it was, if it was in a book or if it was in a conversation. I think it was in a book from Dr. Michael Yeses where he witnessed the volleyball players, the Soviet team back then, battling the the American team and it was I think it was women's division so these ladies came over all good and come to find out Dr. Mike Yeses is watching the volleyball players I think it was two hours before the event or maybe the night before I'm not sure doing an all-out hardcore soccer match why the Russians all out hardcore soccer actually I I, I totally believe this yeah all out balls to the walls the yep. next day, they beat the, they beat the Americans. Yep. And of course, it's not because of that soccer match, but the Russian coach it's explained it. It's the philosophy. It's take your mind and your body away yep. from your regular activities. Let your nervous system adapt to something completely different, and then you go back to your sport. You're killing it. Dude, I this conversation. By the way, I, I'm just I'm saying this straight up, and I mean this with all the love, Gregory. I'm loving this conversation more than our last one. Huh. because we're getting to like the yeah, heart of deep a lot of what into, yeah 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 um, and it, this might not be as exciting a listen because i feel like we're talking about less hot button stuff but like i think but let me just interject in mind. let me interject real quick and then you can continue your thought we have a lot of coaches listening so that's true we do i think um, i think people are gonna love this because i've been chewing on that on that thing because i've listened to our podcast multiple times mm -hmm. um our episode and i've been chewing on that quote that you have where you said it always comes down to the u.s versus the russians Right, Soviets back realize, then. So yeah, Soviets. Yeah, yeah back But then. I've been thinking in my head like he was right, and I'm realizing the more I study sports science, the more I'm realizing I align with the Russian style of things. Like my clients that are training, like for instance, I, I have a strongman. He he won his last show in my rep, in my roster of athletes that I train. Mm -hmm. And awesome. He won Congrats. his last show. Yeah, thank you very much. And you know he we got we did him a cycle where he zerter squatted two forty five for two or something like that. Mm -hmm. Something insane, mm -hmm. right? And I told him, I was like, awesome work, dude. Let's go run a triathlon. <laughs> I love this. 
he, he was like, what? I was like, yeah, like, let's run a triathlon. And he was like, why? And I was like, you're over-specialized. He was, he was constantly battling, you know, his elbows were bothering him a little bit because he's just going so heavy all the time, preparing mm -hmm. for these competitions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I told him, I was like, you've been in a state of mind for so long where you've been going like this, all tension. Mm -hmm. Under a Zercher mm -hmm. squat, it's all tension. Carrying a keg, it's mm -hmm. all tension. I was mm -hmm. like, you as a person need to learn to let go. And I was like, and the best way to do that, because he's an obsessive guy, like he'll just fucking run a triathlon tomorrow if you tell him to. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm -hmm. you need to learn how to be good at this because you suck at your carry events. You're just really strong. And so I was like, let's just go in a total opposite direction. And this isn't research. This is just like my feeling as a coach. And he's been like hitting like he's he just hit like a one hour or a two hour run unbroken at a pretty good pace like and he's like man i feel great like i feel flowing like i feel like i let mm -hmm. go of so much and i'm sorry mm -hmm. i know that this is a long anecdote at this point but it's just i get why they had the the volleyball players play that soccer match because it's like the body needs that g that literally that gpp right it's and not I, even I funny thing funny thing if i may interject it's not it's yeah. not even the gpp it's just taking your mind off yeah yeah what yeah. you are what you're specialized in yeah. And even, and that's the crazy part, even when you have a competition the next day, you have your team play soccer? Really? Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, don't, you wanna, don't you want to focus on some drills and bro and team, blah, 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 right, let's right, meet, right. Blah. no, let's do something completely different. And then even, that's the next step. And then go balls to the walls. Mm -hmm. It's like your life depends on it. That's how they played. Yeah, but they're, they're killers. I mean, they're, they're the best. Like yes. that's what you're going to yes. get. Like the thing is you have to understand is like, and this is something that bothers me talking about strong first, talking about hard style philosophy is I feel like they encourage like giving 80%. Oh, why oh, do you think that is? Well, I mean, I think Pavel and Axe literally says that. Have you read his book, Axe? Uh, everybody's telling me to read it. I have to, I have to. Not there yet. Okay, well, I mean, Reading yeah, different I stuff right now, but uh, I'm folk, a little bit currently, just as a side note, currently I'm really focusing on the business side of things a lot and I'm, so reading a lot of books and going into material in that regard yeah. but and i know the other stuff is lagging a little bit behind but i most yeah. definitely have acts on my uh, reading list it can wait okay it, it can wait. <laughs> okay that's my review okay but in it he, he like advocates so like you know how this is interesting you know how hard is always like all tension 100 percent tension right that's what you were thinking when i said yes, it yes. so acts actually said the opposite it's like give each swing like 80 percent of your total effort and then follow the stop signs. So it's like if you start noticing degradation of technique or whatever it is. I have I haven't reread it. I only read it once. I love but Pavel's I love his writing style. I love, it's so captivating. It's do the exercise and like follow the stop signs. That's like wow. That's you know, just just to we have we have to really it, it is evocative. I do it, remember it. So. it is it is see, it, it it is vivid writing. Pavel is. is a master at this. In every yes. book that he writes, it captivates you. It gives you clear instructions, clear drills, clear cues, and easy to understand. That's he's a master at this. I don't know if I'll go that. I, I agreed until the easy to understand. Have okay. you read Quick and the Dead? Yes. Doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Didn't read it thoroughly. <laughs> didn't read it. I didn't did. read it. Didn't read it thoroughly. But it doesn't I read make it like sense four at all. Times. Okay. No, it does. I I I can't. I, and I let's just let. Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing, brother. I, I talked to Valery Fedorenko, right, and all these Russian killers. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's I, an intense conversation. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, 
I wanted to mention this quick into that thing a little bit with let's do cardio the strong first style. Let's do, let's do cardio strong first style where you, just like Brett Jones says, you swing, and I'm paraphrasing, you swing a 60 kg for five reps, you do that for 50 sets, this is your cardio. And then they blah, 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 the elevated heart rate, blah, 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 blah. Now there's a couple of flaws with this thinking, which, which I have read now, I've read through the book, which I have to read it again. I think I've quoted code. it, yeah. And yep, he says, I've read it just, all right, so just because your heart rate's elevated doesn't mean anything. If that's the case, if it's an elevated- fit. Yes. Yes, see? Okay, so th that's one problem. The second thing, when I talked to Valery Fedorenko, I was like, well, how do you build the endurance? Should you, choo should you choose a proper protocol, bro? Runs. You, do, you go running, you build the volume. Yeah, you run. This yeah. is how you do it, my friend. Yeah, it's all about that. building volume. We and know. then when you have technique, you build the volume, then it's double 24s, then it's five minutes, then it's six minutes. When you're up at 10, we start at three minutes with the double 22s, uh, double 28s, and then it's two, three, four, it's... But, and then he said, you know, it's interesting. Would you, tell a, would you tell a marathon runner to start running 100 meters, then stop and do this for 42 kilometers? That's a great point. I mean, no, obviously not. No, obviously not. That's of course you can't. Yes, of course you could include. I'm not a master at understanding endurance in that regard. Yeah, you, you could do speed work, right? You could do speed work. You can do some high intensity work. You can do some sprints, but boy, build that volume. Yes. With with yes. locomotion, locomotion. Me and that's why another another uh, important uh, anchor to put right here is. That's why I love this kind of sport idea, or I call it rather the hybrid idea, is because uh, this is how Steve Carter taught it to me. You attach the weight to your frame, the kettlebell. This, this is the major difference between the kettlebell, the barbell, and the dumbbell, is you have to grab a dumbbell. You have to grab a kettlebell, uh, a yeah, dumbbell, attached, yeah. a barbell. But you, by the kettlebell, you attach it to your frame. So then it turns into weighted locomotion. That's fascinating. You can't do it with any other training modality. And if you're saying, yes, I can use it with the dumbbell, no, you can't. Because the first thing that gives out is your form. Yep, it's true. Yeah, right? This is the weakest yeah. link in the chain. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. gonna die with double 20s, but I can do double 20s jerks and cleans for longer sets of time. So it's a completely different beast because I'm inserting, So right? So that makes sense. Yeah. But but the, the quick and the dead, and I, I, I Sometimes, same with X, same with the anti-glycolytic protocol. They're, they're so, Pavel's so focused on this. And my, my only question is, okay, it's just, by the way, same with starting strength. Same. Let me get back to this. If, if Pavel says anti-glycolytic and, you know, putting the bells down and it's not redlining, it's not endurance or an, even bar, uh, starting strength says running is, or j running is bad and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, don't get me started on that. Do you really think that you can build a specific physical quality of the human body that has been done for ages by professionals, marathon runners, killers, that run marathons in two hours, do you think they use that protocol? And because if that protocol was so powerful, you'd have all the killers, track and field, everybody that, I love that they Dan Jones it. quote. That's why Dan Jones quote so powerful. He says, hey, if it's good, track and field folks would do it. Yep. If sure. it gives you an edge. It doesn't? Yeah. Okay. That right? was a good impression, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I was talking to him for a second. And, and, about, <laughs> and about starting strength? 
Here's the thing. What uh, I recently heard a podcast from from uh, Starting Strength, where Mark Ripito said something where I was like, "You listen funny. to the whole thing?" No, 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 no. Just a couple oh, okay. of minutes. No, no, not the whole thing. No, 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 no. It's not not easy to listen to sometimes. Yeah. That put it lightly, but yeah. they said, uh, or uh, uh, Mark said, it's all about building strength. It's the deadlift, right? Hip drive. It's the squat. It's everything. Okay, we got this. And then he says. Look at Usain Bolt. He does his deadlifts, bench, and squats. So I checked out Usain Bolt on YouTube. He does the stupidest stuff ever in the weight room. He's a specimen, dude. He's a he specimen. Could probably not lift weight and he's still be the best. He's a specimen. And if you're, if you're, if you want to gain an advantage, look at the stuff that makes logical sense. And Andrew Charniga, the weightlifting scientist who I had on. He said, the reason why I side with the Russians or back in the days of Soviets is because A, they didn't have an incentive to sell you any program and B, they were just following logic. Yeah. And it's not Soviet, Russian. I don't care. Even if it's Chinese, it's not the nation. It's the philosophy behind it, not yeah. the nation. And that's what I meant in the conversation that we've had. It's yeah. US versus Russian. That's yeah. stupid. It should be everybody follow logic. Right, everybody's going and, to, try, to try to be their best or try to be the best, yeah. I and, think of course, and of course, let, just to finish my thought, I, I'm selling programs too. Yeah. But I'm, and I kind of, not developed, but I coined this hybrid idea yeah. where you use the, the let's call it the, the high tension methods because don't be loosey-goosey when you press a heavy kettlebell. Make sure yeah, there's yeah. tension. But if you use momentum, and you, what's momentum for? Momentum's, if, unless it's a heavy barbell momentum is to build strength power. endurance and power yeah, yeah yeah and power but i would rather with a kettlebell i get what you're saying yeah power with a kettlebell it's rather strength endurance right so then we have to follow logic and apply these mechanisms and that's why i called it the hybrid and said well it's kind of like sport and and high, high tension and high volume combined but my program is I build it on fundamentals. What are we doing in the programs? Carries, Hinge, press, clean, squat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so here's like, when you get down to it, because we're talking about all the brass. All, no, this isn't the brass text. This is like the intricacy behind the brass, right? Like when you break it down to me, I actually sent this to one of my clients and it probably would be controversial to some people. I asked, we were just cu cutting it up. I talked to my, cl my clients all the time. And I gave him like, you know, the greater than sign, like, oh, you know, like the uh, what sign, the what sign, like the greater than sign, like, you know, like this ah, is greater this than one, that. this one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And I sent him, he was like, oh, so like, what do you just think about training in general? And I was like, intensity is greater than quantity and quantity is greater than quality for general population. And I was essentially let's, saying, let's break this down again. So intensity, intensity is greater than quantity 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 yeah. of, and this is a, a volume of reps quantity is greater than than quality so like i have seen in my opinion this is my opinion yeah as yeah, a yeah. Coach, keep keep sharing yep that people overvalue the importance of perfect movement oh can you do a perfect swing can you do a perfect deadlift Patch but they the train thing. like fucking shit dude they train with no intensity. They barely do any vault. Three presses times 50 minutes, but you only do th three every minute. 
So you've done, I, I'm not that good at math. That's barely any presses. If you do it like once a month, you know what I'm saying? So you're doing 150 presses total at a lightweight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a long session, 50. And you're only doing 150 presses. That's one time in the whole week. Mm-hmm. Okay. So people online, and I see this because I'm on the Reddit. And I love it. I, honestly, I love the Reddit. Like I, I'm, I'm making fun of it, but I really, it's my favorite place on the internet. It really is. Awesome. But people will not make progress. People will be like, oh, you know, I've been doing soju and tuba. It's like a strong first program. They'll be like, I've been doing strong soba and tuba for like six months. Oh, what? cool. S- scuba and tuba? What? <laughs> soju and tuba. I, I don't know. It's just the name of the program. Sur- Surju. Surgent. Soju, like um, the Korean alcohol. Korean soju. Ah, that's oh, I didn't know what it is. Soju, Korean alcohol. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's delicious. You should try it. Okay. Okay. I don't really drink very much, but I like okay. it. Okay. Um, it's soju and tuba. I don't know why tuba. it's called that. Okay. Just some okay. program. I got yeah, it. It's a very yeah. low frequency pressing program. Okay. And people will be like, oh, I want to increase my press, and they'll be like, I want soju and tuba. So they're pressing like one time to two times a week for barely any volume. And I'll be like, what's what? People will be like, oh, what's been your progress? And they're like, oh, I went from twenty four times three to twenty four times six in like five months and i'm like it took you five months <laughs> hmm. and and look progress is progress okay i'm not yes. shitting on these people for making progress but what i'm saying is like if you think about your time and if you have and you care about your progress these programs advertised as low intensity low volume these are not serving you to break progress you need to hit it hard and you need to do it a lot like when and I you made need the most to tell, product. yeah, you need to tell your body, you need to give your body a reason to that. Exactly. Like, let me put it this way. Okay. I don't, let me, actually, let me pull out my calculator real quick because I just want to do the math. Okay? Do it, do it, do it. So, 540, 540 divided by 2.2. Okay. So, I went on a journey because I was dealing with some knee tendonitis from pushing my trap bar too hard. Mm-hmm. Right? And I've like retooled my deadlift and stuff like that. And I went from essentially 385 being a pretty hard double because I just was not doing regular. De- oh, sorry, not 385 kilos, mm-hmm. um, like 170 Pounds. or yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 70 kilos. Mm-hmm. Um, being pretty tough because I was mm-hmm. so deconditioned to it. So over the course of, of, a, of a specific cycle, about three months, going from 170 to 245 for two. That's solid, man. With chains, so not 100%. Mm-hmm. So 70 thing. kilo plus, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. In That's three heavy. months. That's now, heavy. I had prior experience deadlifting. I've been decently strong before. But within this training cycle, I had a massive explosion wow. in my deadlift. And you know what it was? It was finding where I could hit the deadlift hard. Hitting that for some quality as I was yes. dealing with my knee. Yes. And then finding other movements to train that pattern without bothering my knee. And doing a fucking lot of it. <sighs> Athlean X had... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Athlean X had a... I think he was a power lifter or a deadlift. It's some, something very, a very strong guy on. And he said, you shouldn't, if I paraphrase it, you shouldn't stick too much to your, you should do your deadlift, bench or squat or whatever, but you should also make sure you have some solid auxiliary. auxiliary. Dude, that's what made my lifts. deadlift. It wasn't until the last month that I was Because like, you're not, yeah, be, because then you're able to, isolate some parts and make them stronger without frying your nervous system all yeah. the time giving them some solid base just like with the crunch of the of the the zerger, right where, yeah. where 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 your uh, abdominal wall was building some solid strength that you can then use and transfer into another exercise where more uh, abdominal strength is required exactly and you have to be you have to be very conscious like i was looking and i was like my erectors are weak 
because I always fail when my erectors kick in on the deadlifts. That's always mm. where I fail. Now, off yeah, the floor too, is fine. Too. Yeah, you too. Exactly. And so you know yeah. what I did? I did heavy kettlebell swings, 220 or 100 kilos for like Oof. high volume. Oof, yes. And then I did, and then I did good idea. mornings with a sandbag. Oh, seated. yes. Ooh. Seated good mornings yes. with a sandbag. Like with my with my arms while I'm hugging. Or seated. So you grab and then whoop, coming up. I liked it. Boom. I liked boom. it. And like exploding, like and oh. like a lot of backgrounding. And now I actually noticed this when I posted the Zercher deadlift. I can send it to you. Oh, I tagged you in it. You can actually mm -hmm. see my spinal it. erectors mm -hmm. through my sweater. <laughs> because they, they, there's so much hypertrophy going on right there. Exactly. And I <laughs> yeah, can from all the it. Oh, like I, yeah. My extension, like you said, the extension, right? Yeah. My extension is super good now mm -hmm. because I mm -hmm. trained it so much. Yes, um, yes, yes. And man, so I was powerful. able to in increase my deadlift so much while fixing my, my knee is fine now. Um, and yeah, it's just that's solid. I don't even know how we got on this topic, but yeah, it's just I one don't of those too, things. But who cares? Where, yeah, but, uh, but just, I think I think we we uh, we went on this topic because of this idea of of low frequency pressing and how do I yes. get better and how do I get stronger at the end? And let let me let me share something. I've had Sven Riga on. The yes, I, I, that first, was a fantastic right? episode. Was that episode needs more views. I loved that episode. And he's a very, very calm and very cool guy. Yeah. And he also shared something that this might sound this might sound a little arrogant to some people, but I don't intend to be arrogant. But Sven shared something why I think is one of the reasons why he's in this kind of camp thing where I belong to this certain group or just one ma minor reason and that has not this doesn't go against Swen it's just two different per personalities so Swen it's two things that I want to share about Swen so first of all it was a great conversation second he said that Fabio Zonin which I think is yeah. the training was his responsible mentor. right he said I saw something in you yeah which elevated his game and when I heard this, maybe I'm a little bit older, but stuff like this doesn't work with me. I see greatness inside myself. You do okay. not have to share this with me. I appreciate it, but it's not like that somebody else or a mentor has to tell me that something's slumbering inside you and we're gonna pull it out. Bro, I'm gonna pull it out myself because I know yeah. I'm destined for that stuff because I yeah. love it, I'm passionate. I'm a little bit older as well. so. Yeah. also plays into it right so that's one thing that's the reason why i don't care and i don't belong to a camp because pavel's awesome but what's the difference between you and pavel he's a, he, he's awesome yes he, he he did a lot of great work he added a lot of more than him. yeah <laughs> he added a lot of knowledge to the to the world he popularized kettlebells maybe not even that intentionally him and john duquesne just found out that it worked yeah. with that great marketing gig and then yeah. not taking any, anything away from Pavel, but he just accomplished some stuff. Yeah. What's the difference between him and, him and you? You can also accomplish stuff. You know, it's actually... That's a major... That people sometimes get so bogged down and thinking, well, that's... that's, you, that's you can, you can apply, this to, apply this to everybody. Apply this to... Currently, everybody's talking about Taylor Swift, right? Yeah. A apply yeah. this to her, where yeah. people be like, this is her planet. We just live here. First of all, this is God's planet, and we live here as human beings. Right. And I do not consider 
a celebrity, a star, or somebody who's very famous as somebody who has more value than I have? Because in God's yeah. eyes, we're all the not same, true. first of all, right? Yeah, it's not yeah. true. And I respect what you have achieved. It might inspire me, but boy, watch out. I'm just as hungry as you are. Right. Well, you know, it's actually... I, I, right? I, and, and just to finish my thing about Sven. Please. Yeah, yeah, please. He was able to lift these heavy, uh, the, the, the Dini stones. stones. Dini stones. Amazing. And amazing, amazing, amazing. I asked him, how did you get that strong to lift him? He deadlifted. He barbelled. Yeah, he didn't use kettlebells. Of course. This goes to show, and I asked uh, Pierre Martini. He's also a SFG2, I think, from... Uh, Sanguinier, uh, I think a French part, French colony, something. I, I'm sure, not, sure, sure. Forgot it, forgot it. A lot of zurchers, a lot of deadlifts, a lot of heavy stuff to prepare for the beast tamer. Exactly. Because you have to get stronger. You need the load. You need the Okay, okay. So I guess we're following logic, right? You yeah. guys are getting stronger, not with uh, the kettlebell. I see, I see where you're about to go. Yeah, I see where you're going. Your yeah. guy's getting stronger with the barbell. Right. And that's a fact. So if you give me the best strong first program with the kettlebell to become as strong as I can possibly be, I have to divert to the barbell then. That's but, my point. And, and I'm actually, you get what I'm, I'm actually, coming from? Mind, yeah, I do. But can I cut you off real quick? Yeah, do, do, it, do I it. think I think that this is actually an indication that the hard style methodology is outdated. Because I think that people have a lot more strength to build with the kettlebells but they are constraining themselves to a style. And as a result, they are not doing movements or taking opportunities that they could. Oh, that's, that's, that's big. Do you get I what agree. I'm saying? I agree. So, okay, let's say you train the big six, Turkish get up, press, clean, squat, or, you know, all of those movements, right? And you're with the kettlebells. Okay, yeah, we know that you can build a pretty good amount of general strength. Most that. definitely, most GPP, definitely. We talked about it last time. It's the best. The kettlebell is the best for GPP and running and, or whatever you know it's like i just love the bells right people are not creative with the bells they are constraining themselves and as a result they are not seeing the gains that they could be right why only do double front squats why not do a b stance front squat or why not do a racked front squat like i've done before with a sandbag in your other shoulder so that you increase the load and you still get that stimulus. Like mm -hmm. the, the, the quality that the bells can train is limitless. It's mm -hmm. just that people limit themselves. Mm -hmm. To the constraint. Why not do? Exactly. Why not do a kettlebell deadlift? Yes. A zercher kettlebell deadlift. Yes. Why not do complexes where you zercher kettlebell deadlift into zercher squat with the kettlebells? There's no reason you can't. You just constrain yourself to the style. Why not go heavy on double half snatch to strict press? The, There's no reason. I think, I think they're married to the philosophy instead of to the possibility. Yes, yes, exactly. And I, I thought that more as I've hung out with more people and the more I've trained, the stronger I've gotten to the point where, you know, you know like double 36 kg half snatch for like high volume, that's not weak, that's okay. That's and I'm like, solid. man, like I, I see the, I can see the carryover between these. Like, oh, okay, like interesting. Double half snatch feels very similar to the log clean. Mm. Mm. So maybe, exactly. So mm. maybe that's a good assistance. Like. I, the thing is, I've stopped thinking about movements almost entirely, and I've started thinking about movement patterns or similarities between movements. Oh, you stopped thinking about exercises and thought about right. movements, right? That's, exactly. that's a better yeah, way yeah, to put yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're I like, get where you're so coming from, 100%. Like, oh, the log clean. Okay, so the log clean requires a harsh extension, and I come up on my toes, while the double half snatch requires a hard extension into an under squat. 
So I'm training something different, but something similar. And then I'll be like, mm. so what can I do that eliminates that under squat? Okay, mm. well, I just don't let my toes cut. So it's more hard style. So I do a more hard style double half snatch. I can't do 36s like that. Well, I guess I'm doing 32s until I can do 36. But I want to overload that pattern. So I use the sports style to get yes. the 36s. My, do you get my, what I'm saying? Yes, my, my initial thought process would be, okay, you have to elevate on your heels, uh, on, your, on your toes, and kind of like move into triple extension. Or I love how Steve Carter says it, quadruple extension. Uh, because it's your shoulders too? It's extension of the ankle. Yeah. Extension of the knee. Extension of the hips and extension of the T spine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so nice. it's quadruple extension. I was like, oh, sensei, man. That's yeah, he's what's the best up. For a reason. He's the best. <laughs> he, there's a reason. I yeah. actually think that he needs to be more popular. Oh, like, we can talk about this. We can talk about this. But, but about the, the going on in your toes, right? Yeah. Here's what, what Dr. Michael Yes has shared with me. He said, There's no such thing as triple extension. Yeah, but, yeah, but that, uh, uh, Andrew Chernigas uh, said this. But I actually oh, don't see it. You are extending these good. joints with, with, the, with yeah. the jerk, especially with the kettlebell. But that's another topic. But uh, Dr. Michael Yes has said, SPP exercises, um, special physical preparatory exercises, are exercises that mimic and, and stimulate the same muscles and movement patterns that you use in your sport. Yes. So if you tell me I have to... So why not just do sport? Is that what you're going to say next? Uh, again, pardon me? So why not just do sport? Is that what you're going to say? No, no, no. Not, not, oh, okay. not, not just uh, stick into a regular uh, style. I mean, let's forget the style question. It's just you're telling me I have to get on my toes. I have to explode from the hips up and I have to do it fast and quick. My initial reaction will be, okay, do some jerks with double yeah. kettlebells. Yeah, explode. And I have. I do. Lear, right? Learn that explosive movement pattern from your hips up. Learn how to jump on your toes, not jumping off the floor, jump on your toes and explode from your center. Can do I these, actually... do these, and boom. I would assume that then this could be an SPP exercise for that law kind of thing that could elevate your lift at the end. I'm about to make your whole fucking day because do you know what my two assistants work? The two, only two assistants work I did in the last month before I PR'd my log press. Do you, do you want to do you want to guess what they were? Let me know. Okay. The jerk. Gonna, okay. I, I, I'm saying the jerk. Okay. What's the, the jerk. Second one. The the clean. The jerk and the clean. Okay. You're gonna love this. The first one you kind of you got got a little bit wrong. The first one is the dip. I did dips for high volume. Dips on on it. Ah. Dips, mm -hmm. parallel bar dips. That was just to mm -hmm. keep my hypertrophy mm -hmm. up, okay? Mm -hmm. The second one, do you know what longer cycle is? The long cycle, of course. Longer cycle. Uh, the longer cycle. Double snatch to double jerk. To double half snatch. Who calls this a longer cycle? Um, I've seen it coined a lot. I don't know. Maybe it comes from Levi, if you know who that is. Levi Harder to Kill Training. I yeah, 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 yeah. I think a I've seen him do He is a monster. The longer cycle. Him. That was my main assistance work that I did paired with only short cycles sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that was, it was log clean and press dips and longer cycle. And sometimes I get short cycle. Those were mm -hmm. the four things I did in the final month of training that led to my See? PR. Great. Because of exactly what you're saying. Cause I push jerk the log. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, I'm, <laughs> and I'm you gonna, have yeah, to, yeah. yeah, you have to. Yeah. That's how you hold the log. What does yeah. that look like? It's just, yeah. it's this, but it's a little extended. When you dip, your hips come forward. You actually need to extend your thoracic spine. So, so, you go. so, 
Exactly. So, so, so the rack, the rack position of the log might be different than the rack position with the kettlebell. But right, in exactly. order to, in order to, and hey, another thing comes to my mind. So, in order to boom, bring the kettlebell, uh, the, the log up, you have to kind of like go into a little flexion and then explode up, right? Yep. You know what? You know what that is, and I don't know who shared this with me. You know what that is? What? It is. It comes from animal studies. It is like a jump. No. What's the fastest animal on Earth? Uh, the peregrine falcon. Oh. The fastest land animal, you mean? Land animal, yeah. Land animal. Hey, I'm a smart guy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I love this. So what happens to the cheetah? They coil. Right? So I think we talked about oh, this last Oh, you're about to do the whack method. No, we didn't talk about him, but I'm okay. curious to hear what you think. Okay, maybe coiling, coiling. is whack method is different explanation. It's actually full flexion an extension in, a, in an explosive manner, becoming very yeah. supple, right? That's why this yeah, book, yeah, yeah. supple like a, oh, a supple oh, leopard, becoming a, a supple, supple leopard, right? It's a leopard, started. it's a yeah, different yeah. animal. But it's this explosive movement pattern where you are completely going into flexion and then completely jumping into uh, uh, extension. Extension. And yes, and the, the word that I'm looking for, uh, Andrew shared this with me. It is this, this um, that's why he says full flexion is so important because of the wrapping effect of the joints. And then oh, you- Oh, is he really? I didn't, he's a big believer in like flexion yeah. training? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Charniga, especially when it comes to the squat, he hates this quarter squats or half squats. Listen to the podcast. Yeah, I, I and, have like, before when I was getting into training, I think like, when you, cause you posted it a while ago, right? That interview. Yeah, it was, was a while ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and this type of movement pattern, maybe you can, you can reference this to coiling, but it's not that the animal does something very special. It's just full flexion and full extension in an explosive manner. You know, it's almost, it's interesting because we've now talked about things that people say to not to. We've talked about training flexion. We've talked about going honestly glycolytic, training really hard, right? So like, mm -hmm. and it's interesting how, and I'm not just coming after strong first, it's easy to come after them because they have such a strong presence. Mm -hmm. But this is true in a lot of cases where we almost want to move out the human element of training to try to optimize or moralize movement. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like we've now said mm -hmm. full, ex full flexion into extension is very powerful. Yes. There are people out there that would say, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do yes. that. Don't do that. Yes. Right. Yes. People would say, oh, oh, we know that to, to prepare for, for marathons, a lot of easy runs, but also a lot of backbreaking speed work, mm. right. Or a lot of backbreaking tempo runs. They're going glycolytic, right. But don't go glycolytic. Don't go glycolytic. Don't, don't go into the red zone. Right? It's interesting. Or on pull-ups, don't kip it all. But then you watch a gym. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I, I saw this. I saw this. And I'm just I'm, currently, I'm a little bit distract, distracted because I jumped on You're the fine. page from, from uh, Andrew Charniga. Let me see where he says sure. this. Um, humans. Ah, ah, I found it. And let me share the screen with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going at, but I couldn't find the word. This one. Humans and animals are capable of generating far, uh, far more power quickly, utilizing natural, that's the word, spring-like mechanisms, which yep. cannot be expressed in any powerlifting or bodybuilding exercise with mere muscle contraction against heavy resistance. For instance, Usain Bolt was able to generate approximately 455 kilograms, 1,000 pounds of force with each foot strike to achieve a speed of almost 11 meters per second. By contrast, check this out. 
A cheetah generates about 2,270 kilograms, 5,000 pounds of force per paw strike at a speed of 27 meters per second. Yeah, this insane. is this is insane and it goes back to the spring-like mechanism of your yep. Achilles heel, of your spine, of all these important elements. And if we start, and I love what, what, what how uh, Andrew Charaniga shares this, it's similar in the same way in how you shared it. He says, if we start limiting flexion and, and, and uh, extension, we're playing God. Dude, oh my God, what a quote. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it makes you think, do you really think he shared, he followed up with saying, you have a couple of, I don't know what it was, hundreds or maybe less. You have a, lots of joints in your, in your foot, in your ankle. Yeah. Lots of bones that articulate with each other. If you only go into a quarter squat and there's no movement in the ankle, you leave away the ankle joint and it's almost like saying, we don't need this. God made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. no, he's right. And then... And then you get, in German it's called, uh, du bekommst die Rechnung am Ende. You'll get the invoice at the end by a serious non-contact injury because you were taking yep. a hard turn and your, your joints are not able to handle it because you've built up internal resistance that have to dissipate somewhere as soon as full flexion occurs. And full flexion occurs when you trip, when you fall, when you do fast movements, and there you go. And you know what, we can, we can pare that down to because you are weak. Right? Or you, you got or, hurt because or, you were weak. It, it, Your joint was weak. It was not trained. It was weak. And it was limited. I, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, weak as well, but it's not, it's a different thing. I, I wouldn't say weak per se because it's not just weak. It's not used to this maybe, movement. Maybe brittle. Oh, you know what actually makes me think of? Have you ever studied the making of a brittle katana? Brittle is a good word. Have you ever studied the I, making of a katana? No. So the famously, like the you samurai need, sword, yeah, right? Yeah, like a samurai sword. So like yep. you famously, you need to make them hard, obviously, because you're slashing things yeah. at people. And yeah. <laughs> there's a common mistake that, that happens in development where you might make it too hard. And what ends up happening is it can cut anything in this direction, but if you go like this, you'll snap it in half in the other direction. So you break, so the, you break the katana in that regard? Yeah, because it's so hard. It becomes, it's so hard in one way that it becomes brittle in the other way. Does that make sense? That's, so like, a, that's a great parable. So like, and that's honestly, the more I, I train, the more I train myself, the more I train people, the more I don't want to be like that, right? Yeah. The, the more like, like I'm thinking, for instance, the Zercher deadlift, the, 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 the Zercher deadlift that I did, the, three, the 143 kilogram deficit Zercher deadlift. That's obviously taking stuff like that to its like logical extreme. Yeah. But on the other end, like my back feels damn good, man. I can pick sandbags up off the floor and I have to awesome. train in that range of motion all the time. Like, so I could make two decisions. I could either A, just only do normal hinges and I guess pick everything up like this. I can do that. I'm capable of it. But the one moment that I'm like tired and fatigued and I access a new range of motion that I'm not used to, I'm going to get hurt. Like, I would rather make my recovery from injury because I train in sort of compromised positions. Uh-huh. Too much in the red line. Too much in the red. I, I'd rather hurt myself by being too much in the red line than just hurting myself because I'm in a different range of motion my body's not used to or a different and, plane of motion. And you know I, how I know that? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah gonna keep say? going. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, I was going to say, you know how I know that? Because my left knee that I blew out where I have no meniscus or anything. Have I told you this? 
Yeah, yeah. I think you shared it last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, I'm oh, no but I'm not aware because so many people are sharing their injuries. No, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. From, from a freak accident, just running. I like ran and jumped, and I tore my knee completely. No meniscus, same side ACL repair, bad, bad. Ooh. Right. And I can do fucking pistols on it. I can do full squats. I've almost squatted yes. 500 pounds on it. Yes. squatted 500. I've yes. done a lot of weight for reps on the back squat. You yes. get what I'm saying? Yes. And I, for a long time, didn't like, I was nervous to train my knee in those ranges of motion because I was like, oh, it could hurt because it's injured. But you know what made it hurt was not training it. That's the moment it stopped hurting was when I started doing full squats. If you don't when use it, you lose it. it. When I started running it's and jumping. Simple. It's simple. It's simple. And Andrew or but, uh, but explains it with this internal resistance that he got from the Russians. He says, you have two types. And I, I love this podcast because I get to share these concepts so, concepts so many times yeah. that they are, they are then ingrained in your memory because you've shared it yeah. like 10 times. No, I remember our conversation really well. And, and, and this one thing that I said about the, 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 that Bud shared about the internal resistance is you have two types of internal resistance. One internal resistance is the natural one. For example, like if you- Passive and inactive almost. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, he's, he just calls it internal resistance. Doesn't make it passive or active. It's just two types. He says, the first one is the healthy, I would call it, I would categorize it as the healthy internal resistance, that when you fully extend your elbow, your biceps has the job to not, to not break the, so that you yeah. don't break the joint because of the strength of the biceps, right? Yeah. So that's, this is solid and healthy internal resistance. Great. The unhealthy internal resistance is the one that builds up because you don't go through full range of motions or you, don't, you stop going into flexion or full flexion. And then this internal resistance, internal resistance builds up and then you trip and you fall or you run or you cut or you do something very, very um, uh, not obnoxious, something very normal, not out of the you blue. Hurt you hurt yourself because you blow your knee this, Yes, this internal resistance has to dissipate. The energy has to dissipate somewhere and then it focuses and concentrates all on the joints because it's exactly. not used to the movement. That's the problem. That's why non-contact injuries are a joke. This shouldn't right. happen. This shouldn't happen. Right. Yeah. And then he pairs it with the weightlifters. He says, that's a paradox. Are you joking? You have these NFL and basketball players falling and breaking themselves from non-contact injuries. And then and you have- These weightlifters are like lifting 250 kilos clean and jerk and they never get hurt that's a fantastic point they don't even get hurt not just with the exercises but they don't even get seriously hurt when the barbell drops on their knees yeah, because they, they fail the lift injuries. they yeah. stand up and walk away so wow yeah so keep this in mind this this is such this awesome. is such a huge dichotomy so it is like the the problem with low non-contact injuries at least from my perspective the way i learned it one part is you guys are limiting movement that the body is supposed to engage in. And this brings us back to the to this discussion or to the statement that if people stop doing certain movements or they get married to the philosophy and think, well, I, I shouldn't lift heavy, I shouldn't red zone, blah, blah. Of course you should not red zone it all the time like maybe some CrossFitters do. I get where Pavel's coming from, but you shouldn't pu push it to the other spectrum where you never redline it, right? It's always in the middle and and even beyond that like the issue is <laughs> and this might be controversial the crossfit philosophy is better than the hard style philosophy when it comes to that hmm. there i when i because i like i said i coach at a crossfit gym yeah the average goer there who's been going for years is in damn good shape mm, they are I, fucking I, strong we have to agree they we are have conditioned to. 
they are pretty week. flexible. Like maybe they don't always move right. Maybe their shoulder hurts a little bit. Sometimes. And they look good. They look and good. And they look man. good. Yeah. And then, and yeah. once again, I mean, no disrespect when I say this to people who practice it. I have a lot of friends that, you know, are very hard style adjacent still. When you look at people that abide too much by the hard style philosophy, not redlining it, not going too hard, only doing low volume, except for like the exceptional few, they don't look like the CrossFitters. Do you get what I'm saying? And they're not in the best shape. They're I, not super strong always. I wholeheartedly agree. And I even have to admit that I'd rather look like a CrossFitter. Of course. Of course you would. Because they look like beasts and they can move. Because Let's they are it, beasts. They can move they well are. because they are beasts. Yeah. And are they redlining it too hard? And is there, for example, at the CrossFit Games, do they use workout schedules that from for my taste is way over the top of yes course. Of, of course. course but if you put it back into perspective i'm actually kind of like doing some crossfit method with the burpee and the and the barbell and of course I with the burpee this. on the kettlebell that's that's crossfit vibes and yep. i love that idea imam great idea msep great idea circuit method great idea your ascension technique ascension style which it's i'm gonna protocol. most definitely include this protocol into our coaching and i'm gonna make a video about it i'm, I'm oh, gonna I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna let you i'm, I'm gonna share where i got this Thank from you, because brother. i, I love that. this idea it's it's crossfit oriented to a certain extent use the barbell use body weight use kettlebells and then go at it i tell pretty much everybody i program for like when, when they we cut it up enough i'm like because I used to do a program called Invictus Athlete, which was for more advanced CrossFit athletes. Mm -hmm. It was very hard. Mm. But I learned so much during that time about what the body's capable of and good programming. I tell everybody, I'm like, the programming I give you is just scaled CrossFit. You get your strength wow. work. You do your conditioning. I sometimes wow. give you a Metcon. Sometimes you're monostructural. I learned this methodology from the best CrossFit programmers in the game. And there's a reason why. And I'll say, I'll be confident. Anybody that works with me, direct coaching or programming, their results are amazing. Like squatting a lot of weight, hitting new PRs, running sprints. And I push their bodies to what they are capable of and even more than that. Maybe they're not mm. deadlifting 700, but they are stiff like deadlifting 520. You get what I'm saying? Mm. And they're still hitting assault bike PRs. And it's because I've just learned that the human body is capable of so much and we impose limits on yes, what the body it's is capable our, of. It's, it's, we actually, listen, it's the same thing with, with business with success sounds corny of course and let me let me preface what i'm or let me let me uh p set the stage to what i'm about to say right now of course there's always hard work involved yeah you need you need to have the proper systems in place you have to have an amazing work ethic and you have to be willing to grind and learn and and figure out things by yourself these these, these are prerequisites but it all starts Gregory, in your mind it's if you can being great oh that's people a good one fear being great like see the see that that puts me back sorry sorry that puts me back to what what sven said it's the same if your mind can conceive it you can achieve it so if when you don't have to tell me this i see something great in you boy i see this myself that's why right. I'm at the stage I'm at. That's why, and to some people with maybe low self-confidence, this might sound intimidating or arrogant, but I'm, I wholeheartedly want to tell you that I don't mean it that way, but I see most definitely greatness inside of myself, and you, being a human being alone, 
should see that greatness inside yourself too. You are great, exactly. You know, it's actually, and, and this is, I don't know how you feel about this. So do you use Reddit? Kind of no, no, I sometimes reference it, but I don't use it. So Reddit, you can like, where you are in the community, you can add a flair to yourself. So like you could add like um, Gregory, whatever your name would be on Reddit, you know, Gregory D or whatever. Yeah, 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 of course. Could be um, Libby, Libby Stark, right? That could be your friend. Yeah. On the kettlebell Reddit. Okay. Mine is mm. resident r slash kettlebell ego lifter. Like I call myself <laughs> the resident ego lifter. Yeah. And uh, I like, I personally believe ego lifting is good hmm. because at the end of the day, we are all in this, no matter what people tell you. They are in it to be better at something, which requires an ego. If you let your ego determine everything about you, it's bad. But having an ego is not bad. It has its place. When LeBron is out there competing, do you think he's like, oh, whatever happens, happens? No, he wants to win. Wait, you know, you're reading all these He books. wants to murder people, of course. Yeah, right now, dude, you're <laughs> killing the kettlebell game, right? You're, you're, getting, you're getting pat on the podcast. You're obviously trying to build up your podcasting business a little mm -hmm. bit. Do you, do you, oh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If no. it fails tomorrow, would you no, be mad? No, no, no. It, it, it is. It, and, of course wow, it matters. I, of course it matters. Ego. I had the conversation with, with my barber today. And we sure. were talking. Yeah, hair looks great. Yeah. yeah, thank you, man. And he he, he does a great job, man. I, I love him. Every, every Thursday, it's Barber's time. I love it. And I love my barber. Shout out, Lou, brother. I love you. Love so, Lou. love Lou. He he does the following. And we had the conversation that was about Twitch because he started streaming. And he's like, you know, there's only two people watching, but I like it. I'm like, brother, I, I, that's awesome. So I joined his I joined his stream, and I was sending some comments, sending some love. He was like, awesome, brother. Great that you're joining. I was like, of course I'm joining, man. So I, I, I gave him some feedback, and then he was like, well, there's something that you shared. I said, what? He said, well, just being consistent every yes. Thursday. Every Thursday I stream. Yep. So my partner, she can't stream this week, uh, this Thursday, because she's, going, she's out with friends. And my initial thought process was, man, couldn't that be on a Wednesday or a Friday? You know, Thursday we, we're going to stream, right? So I said, yeah. this is the beginning of greatness. You're setting the stage. You're setting, you're molding the habit by dedicating a time slot to it, no yeah. matter what. Emergencies, yeah, exactly. emergencies excluded. Yeah, yeah. You are focusing on this thing. How, do I, how, did I, how did I build the podcast? I mean, not even talking about the major channel with 1,300 uploads. Yeah. Just talking about the podcast now. How did I build, build it up? First of all, my hunger and my thirst for knowledge and my love for kettlebells going out and just simply asking people folks be like well how did you get this guy on i asked yes. him. yeah yeah and hey i got turned down as well yeah some yeah. folks be like i don't want to appear on your podcast yeah. okay it's totally fine i asked nonetheless right so i'm asking people and now it, 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 it's growing to a certain extent and so my goal is to always make sure let's make sure every not maybe every thursday but now in a row i had in the last four weeks, I had always a guest on. I've been yeah. a kid, consistent, not, not because I didn't want to. Sometimes you just have no guests or I have other things to do. But the main focus is always building the YouTube and the podcast channel, building it up. Same with the YouTube thing. It is dedicated time yep. to doing the video, editing, then filming, and asking my editor who's doing the shorts, telling him, listen, I want shorts of this, of this, and this. Let's go. It's a dedicated, planned, strategic 
move. It's not yep. sitting around waiting for hoping, somebody, waiting. Ho hoping and waiting that I can reach the promised land and waiting for somebody to call me up and say, I see something great in you. Okay, not, not, don't, please, please, don't, no, don't, okay. no, Sven, no, no. don't take this bad. I, I, that's not where I'm going with this. But you get what I'm saying? The idea is not, do. you don't need nobody to tell you that you can do it. You just, see, I'm getting into the motivational mode now. You just no, do it. okay. Yeah, you do exactly. it. It's the same with our clients. And you experience yeah. this too, probably. I, I'm not sure, yeah. but maybe to a certain extent. I, I have regular people. So most of them, they always gravitate to the same way, right? So yeah, we do clean yeah. and press. I agree. So they walk up to that, to, to that, to that part of where the weight is. Like, I'm like, you stop right there in your tracks. Turn left. <laughs> Get another weight. Why? Yeah, because the, you've outgrown the 12. Yep. It's the 14. And even during the sessions, then sometimes I stop them, I pick a weight, I put it down. They're like, you serious? Of course I'm serious. Of course I'm, if, I'm not kidding. If I'm not, if I wouldn't be serious, I'm not giving you something that you cannot handle because I know you. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I actually, it's similar because you've got me thinking. I love the motivational vibe, by the way. You can always do that if you want. <laughs> I, was, I was ruminating and reflecting because I've now been coaching in some way for about three years about mm -hmm. I'd work working mm -hmm. out longer than that. Right. But mm -hmm. this has been becoming a full-time coach. Cause that's what I am now in New York city. I'm a full-time coach. Awesome. I made a post about it. I'll send it to you. I have mm -hmm. stumbled and fallen so many times to getting a full-time, a good full-time salary as a coach, not like just barely making it. Like my place is decently nice where I live in New York. I'm comfortable. Okay. And it was very hard. Like, when I moved to New York City, I had just quit my job in tech. I didn't know what I was doing. I thought, mm -hmm. I, I, was, I, thought I wanted to be a teacher, so I was in grad school for, for teaching. Mm -hmm. And midway through, I got the opportunity after coaching some people online after I got my RKC1. Mm -hmm. I was living in the South Bronx, or in the Bronx, which is not the nicest part of New York, by the way. I don't know if mm -hmm. you know that. Mm -hmm. And my girlfriend was still living in Los Angeles. Mm. We had to save up money to get her to New York because wow. we just didn't have it. Wow. And I was living with my girlfriend's mom in like a packed bedroom. You know, uh, not a packed bedroom, like a packed apartment. It was not, mm -hmm. we're not supposed to have that many people. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she just, my girlfriend and her mom, she just believed in me. My first few clients, they just believed in me. They were like, we, you know, we, we trust in you. We, we can see something happening. And so like, I started off, I just got a job at, at coaching. A coach, one of the coaches at the, the CrossFit gym that I was working at was like, hey, you move pretty well. Like, do you want to coach a class, kettlebell class maybe? And so I started off there and it was like the first moment, grad school job. I was like 24 at the time where I was like, I love doing this. I was like, I love coaching people. This is mm -hmm. what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I just tried so hard. Like I went for it. I got my RKC too. I tried being a full-time coach at another gym in New York. I wasn't making enough money. So I had to become a barista on the side. So I'm like barely sleeping, traveling back and forth, like hours every day between people, coaching these people, being a barista. And like, I wanted to quit so many times. I would get back at like 1 a.m. after coaching mm -hmm. people because it would be mm -hmm. so far. And I would, mm. I would cry. I would cry. I would be like, I don't know if mm. I can keep doing this, but just like something stuck. Right. And I had this moment I'm getting emotional talking about it. Keep going. I had this moment where I quit. I had to quit the personal training gig because it just wasn't enough. And the barista wasn't making enough. A teaching job reached out to me to be a personal, to be a, a PE teacher, physical education teacher for fifth grade. And I kind of had this moment where I was like, this could be my limit. Like this is good enough. Right. I was like, I, I could quit now and this is a good living. But like I had clients still, I was still programming for them and I had clients who would always be like, dude, like you can, you know, you're worth like, I love this programming and it would be, that would get me so 
hyped up and I would be coaching mm. these kids and I would have them doing pistol squats and swings and pushups. Mm. These little fifth graders, 10 years old, pistol squats. And I was just good at <laughs> teaching it. Yeah. I know it's crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, and I was like, I can't give up on my drive. I was like, this is the first time I felt a purpose mm. my whole life. That's big, I grew man. up without a lot of money. My That's mom deep. passed away when I was 15. I ran away from home. We talked about this last time. Mm. I was just like, I can't quit. Give, I me, feel a give, give me a second. Yeah. No, but 15 minutes. Okay. 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 And I was like, I can't quit on this because it's the first time I felt truly happy doing something. And so I stuck to it and I kept building my business, right? People would reach out. Can you train me? And I'd be like, yeah. And I got to the point where I was like, I'm coaching a lot of people online. Mm. And it was this year, finally, after my second strongman competition where I decided I was like, I'm not returning to teaching. I have enough clients where I can, I can, I can make a living. And what was crazy, Gregory, was... When I fully believed in the mission and my mission and I had enough clients, you know what happened the moment that I quit? I exploded. Mm. I had every, everybody reaching out to me to coach them. There was something about that passion and that ambition telling myself that I could do it that caused people to want to gravitate towards me. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. To the point now where like I was making a joke at it at the start, like I'm being asked to be on a podcast with pretty, in the kettlebell world, pretty famous people. Mm. Like I'm not big, but a lot of big coaches follow me and talk to mm. me often. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's to the point where I'm like, wow, like you were talking about, um, you know, who's Pavel. And I've, I've had this conversation with people, with my girlfriend, actually, where I was like, did Dan John know that he was Dan John before he was Dan John? <laughs> Do you yes. get what I'm saying? Yes. And I was like, because I feel like I'm in that stage right now. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I just keep trying and I just keep believing and I just keep coaching people and I keep getting results, eventually people will quote me. People have quoted me. From our podcast, like I said, and I decided there I wasn't scared of that. So I'm there sorry for, for talking so much, but you just <laughs> keep going, man. This is what no, it's just, this is what the, this podcast is all about. It's all about having conversations and and, true, and, true. and 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 building value and sharing stories. That's what's up, man. But it's of course, just it's I that type listening. of thing where like just yeah. telling myself that I could do it, finding it in myself that I could yeah. do it. But even more than that, not a mentor, Gregory. The people that I was coaching telling me that I was great. Hmm. I feel like we focus so much on our mentors and we forget that the people that we mentor or we coach give us strength. Oh, that's a good one. Like the people that kept me going. I mean, yeah, it was my girlfriend. It was her mom. It was people supporting me. Who did I say kept me going? You're great. It wasn't a mentor. I never really had a mentor. It was the mm. people that I was coaching. Mm. They're who really like inspired me. I had people trying to be insidious, pay a thousand dollars for my certification. It'll be the secret to your success. And I paid a lot of money for these certifications and none of them were the secret to my success. I feel like almost every cert I spent money on was a, including RKC, honestly, was mostly a waste. <sighs> Man, you're are oh, you're going you're man you're opening Pandora's box here, brother. Let me tell you, it's yeah, it's I first of all, thanks for sharing that story, man. Uh, first, it, I wholeheartedly wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I I have a big life story, so I don't want to get too much into the weeds because it takes sure. too much time. But just bouncing off of what you've shared, I've just recently uh, learned in the course, and let me write this down because that's another thought that just crossed my mind based upon what you said. Um, just with the course that I'm doing right now, the business course, he said, he said something that really stuck with me. He said, when you have a sales call or a conversation with a client or just, it, it doesn't even have to be a sales call, but with sales, it's even more important because there's money on the line. So you have to know what yeah, you're yeah. talking about and you have to be, because he says a sales call and just like any other conversation is transfer of energy. Mm -hmm. So the biggest objection that you'll always come across is the one that you harbor yourself. 
if you charge 3K or 10K, 15K, I'm in a range now where 10, five years ago, you would have asked me that I charged this money. You'd be like, are you crazy? Yeah. But it's the value and it's the worth. And it's actually, I'm not selling hours. I'm not selling coaching lessons. I'm selling you a transformation, brother. That's what it, that's what yeah. So the biggest objection is always, okay, can I charge that money? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Let's see. You already lost. Yep. You've already lost. You've already you don't lost. believe in your product. If you yes. don't believe in yourself. It's yeah. not even believing in your product. It's believing in the price and the yeah. value of the product. Yeah. You can believe in it, but many people don't believe in the value. Right? Yeah. They know they're good, but it's like, yeah, but I can't charge them. Why? Why can't you charge them money? Right. Well, because so-and-so charged. Who cares about so-and-so? Nobody. This person. Work with them. Yeah. This person who has you on the line who wants to talk to you is interested in getting coaching from you if you did a good job. So that's one yep. thing, the biggest objection. And the second thing you've mentioned that things just exploded when you went all in. Mm -hmm. uh, my initial, one of my first clients that I've had, her name was Svetlana. She shared a powerful story with me or a powerful statement. She said, here's what happened, Gregory. Before, because same happened with me. When I went all in, but, but here's, a, here's an important distinction. Just like you, I have a similar story. I knew, I think I can make this full time. Mm -hmm. If I don't make money, I can at least survive for two months. Mm -hmm. Right? So I didn't jump all in without no, no safety barriers. I had some, yeah. some, a little bit of a safety net. So I jumped all in. And then she said, Gregory, what you did now is when you were still employed and you were doing your coaching thing at the side, you were grabbing two rails. Yeah. And now what happened is you let one rail go and now both yeah, of your hands are grabbing two on one. Yeah. More power and people will feel this and this people will come back. People feel it. Exactly. People feel and that's it. what I've noticed. People, people haven't it. told me. They're like, dude, you seem so much more present. I feel like my programming got better. Yeah. My coaching got better. Yeah. yeah. It's because you're not tired. Yes. I don't think we realize that our cup yeah. is more <laughs> so much. Exactly. You're more focused. You can dedicate your time slots. You can be like, okay, for example, in our, in our case, I do four, but Angie, she only does three. Three sure. hours in a row, max, because of yeah. the energy dispense that's happening. Yeah. Because if you are motivated and, and invested into the client's success, you can't tell me that you do 10 clients in a row and that client number 10 gets the same energy than client number one. That's impossible. And they if, you, if you say you are, you're lying. That's impossible. Yeah. So if you are able to start allocating time slots to your clients, you can then build your own schedule. It's like max four in my case and max three in her case. And the energy is ever present throughout these three hours or four hours. Yep. This is how people are going to fall in love with what you do. And like you yep. said, they show up because of you. One of our yep. clients, we have, we were currently doing our review videos and we have like 18 of these review videos, review videos up now. And one of the clients, I almost started crying when I heard it, when I heard it, because we always ask the same question. It's, Hey, what was your motivation? Why did you get here? What's your major goal that you wanted to accomplish? And why kettlebells, right? Yeah. And so a lot of people gave different answers, but sometimes you have the same, you have one red line that goes through all the, these questions, which is great because then you understand what your clients want. This can improve your marketing strategy. You know mm -hmm. exactly how you're going to talk to your dream clients. And so this one client, she says, when the question was, well, why kettlebells? She was like, it's not the kettlebells, it's you guys. Yeah. 
Yep. Right? So yep. that's what you're saying. Yep. And the last piece that you shared about the course, I've paid a lot of money for certifications and there's two certifications in my life that have served me more than enough, which I easily, now looking back, should have paid 10x. That is Steve yep. Carter certification one-on-one -on -one, and the business course that I'm having right now. And both of these courses are v were financially very intense, but they are worth every squeeze and every yep. cent. And my final, if I may, sh may share a piece of advice with you, Please. Do you, do you already own your own gym? No, not yet. Okay. Make this, just my, my advice, make this your priority. As soon as you own your own gym, you're going to explode even more. I guarantee you. Okay. Because your, your, your own spot, your own four walls, your own rules, your own name. First mm -hmm. of all, you said energy, I said energy, but you said clients feel it. They feel it when they walk inside your own gym. It's very powerful. With the sandbags, with the, with the racks. Hey, why did you put yeah. that rack up there? Well, because I do this and this and that. Yeah. Wow. In our, in our case, for example, uh, when you've seen our videos, the kettlebells are front and center. Yeah. And I love Dan John's quote on this. He says, a program, it was movie related, but I'm now putting this next to a program or I'm applying his concept the way he shared it with me to a teaching or to a training program. If the program always fails, when you take a supplemental idea and make it the core concept. Oh yeah, that's so true. So yeah. our, kettle, our, our focus is 80% kettlebells. They're yeah, front kettlebells. and center. But of course I'm using dumbbells and Bar yeah. and, and barbells and the prowler and, and maybe some battle ropes to, to, to mix yeah. things up, but it's just 20%. Our main focus yeah. is kettlebells. Have an ethic, right? Have an ethos. Like people need to know what they're signing up for. Dude, I agree with that. that that's really, because honestly, you know, we're talking about limiting ourselves and stuff like that. I've been considering it because I actually, my business 720, I run it with my best friend, David. He's my co-coach. And we both have a lot of, we, we coach a lot of people, uh, a lot. And we've actually been toying with the idea of doing something or opening something, but I've been talking about limiting ourselves, right? Like I've been kind of, I've been like, I think we need more reps. I think we need to train more people. I think we need more experience um, before we do something like that. So that's been like me, what I've been telling myself. It's also a capital thing to an extent because mm. space in New York is very expensive. Yeah. And so it's just, it's one of those things where, but people, you know, it's interesting. You say that. Because you know how we we're talking summertime, about summertime, summertimes go outside. You don't need, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I don't think you need any more experience after I, I've worked in the, in a, just to, uh, interject this Listen. real quick. I've worked yeah. in a conventional gym for three years. Yeah. This is where I really earned my stripes and I love the fitness game, but I hated the conventional gym chain BS. Oh, yeah. I hated it. Yeah. That's what motivated me to do my own thing then. Then I, in 2016, by the start of 2016, I've asked a friend of mine who owns a gym if I could do it. We call, I was like, well, let's, let's do it American style. I bring my clients and I'm, I pay rent for the clients that I'm yeah, having. Yeah. So that's what I did. Hmm. After the first couple of sessions, immediately I knew I, I, I need to own my own space. Yeah. This is what's going to bring more clients because the own space legitimizes you to an extent where it's like, this guy owns a gym, right? 
there's a yeah. lot of credibility towards that claim. Not every right. everybody's a personal trainer, but not everybody owns a gym and is a personal sure. trainer. Right. Right. So finish your thought, please. Um oh man. Oh, yeah, about the reps thing. I mean, you've pretty much got it. Like that's essentially what I'm saying. I feel like I need more. I'm limiting myself, right? Because to an extent, I'm afraid to be great. I'm afraid to take that leap, to take that other leap. You know, because it's like this is working out well. Like I've got a good thing going. I'm mostly mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just one of those things where I like I need to sit with it and feel it. But I do get what you're saying. The 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 CrossFit gym that I coach at, um, it's called Grit City. My classes are pretty big, but his classes are massive. You get what I'm saying? Like there's something who, about who is his? Who is his classes? Sean. His name's Sean. He owns the, the he owns, yeah, he owns of course his classes are bigger because it's his gym. Exactly. There's, it's going to be the same with you. Associated. It's yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah, it's going to be the same with you, brother. That that, that has nothing. Show up. I mean, uh, all, no no disrespect and all love to Sean, but that has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do okay. with that he owns the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Oh, I want to talk to the owner, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not the owner. Um, I was going to say, it's interesting. You know, we're talking about how I wanted to get here on time. When it rains, it pours. Everything happens at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting that when it, when, you know, when it rains, it pours again. You are not the first person, even in the past two days, to mention this uh -huh. about starting a gym. So uh -huh. you know, it's See? it's interesting. Like the the way, like the I'm not I'm not religious myself. You mentioned the God dots a connect. Times. The dots exactly. connect exactly. But it, it is interesting how sometimes it can feel like a, a mechanized plan or like there's a design. Yeah, that's God's plan, or so. God's orchestrating things. Exactly. So that's what we, that's we, what's we up. Yeah. Right. It's it's uh, God's ways are sometimes we don't understand them, but when when He moves, I think we understand when He moves. So exactly, it's, it's the same thing. You have to listen to that story, how I got to this gym. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a powerful story. So I was working at that gym, right, as a personal yeah. trainer. Not the one conventional gym. It was a conventional mm -hmm. gym, but I was already doing my own thing. Okay? Great. So I was doing my own thing. Great. I'm, I'm working as a personal trainer. Great. So this guy comes up, my friend, who owns the place and says, Gregory, would you be, would you be willing to work as a gym instructor for a couple of days? I know you're way above this, right? Because you're a personal trainer. You're not the gym instructor, fitness instructor anymore. But yeah. we're short, we're short on staff. And, and I was like, of course, brother. Of course I'm gonna do this. Yeah. I did it. So I showed up with their shirt and everybody yeah. was like, bro, I thought you were the personal trainer. I said, yes, I am. And now but I can ask you, but yeah, now I can ask a question for free. Of course you can. Yeah. But really, so, and just to make this clear, my base, line is always to serve value no matter what i'm yeah, a yeah. at the end of the day i'm a servant mm -hmm. so i uh, use the role or, or got the role as a fitness instructor right stepping down normally being the personal trainer oh let me open the door real quick. oh give me a second give me a second brate i'm still i'm still uh, oh, i wanted to talk english with my brother right here <laughs> i was like Bro, one second, brother. Alright, here we are. So I'm downgrading my position, right? Here's what's happening. One of he's not a friend, he, he's an acquaintance from earlier, walks in the gym. He's like, hey, oh, you're not working as a, as a fitness instructor? I'm like, no, I'm, normally I'm the personal trainer, but I'm assuming the role now because they're short on staff. He's like, awesome, great. So we have a little chit chat, great. 
So he's working out, boom, boom. I, I walk up to him, I'm like, brother, with your press, try to keep your elbows in a little bit. It's gonna be better on your shoulders. He's like, hey man, thanks, awesome. So I'm going back. At the end of his session, he walks up to me, he's like, Gregory, are you looking for your own space? And I'm like, well, actually I am. Okay. Were you so at we the time? Actually, yes, were you looking? yes, oh, okay. yes, yes. And it went even a bit further because he wanted to get some nutrition coaching. So he yeah. shows up at my own place in my home, right? Where I'm coaching him. And then, then he asked me, are you looking for your own place? I was like, yeah, I'm looking for my own place. So he shows me this and the rest is history. So I, the way I see it is from this perspective. I humbled myself because I wanted to help my friend in need. Yeah. And then this opportunity came up. Interesting. Right? Yeah. And this is how I got my gym. And I think this is so powerful to understand. When you own your own place, that's to all the coaches listening. It is so worth it. And I love how you say it. Of course, there's uncertainty behind it. And especially when it comes to capital, don't overstretch it. A lot of gyms burned down in COVID because they got eaten by their rent. Mm -hmm. Right? So don't overstretch it. Make sure you find a good spot, a good deal. Deals are out there. You just have to be on hunt mode. Yeah, it's true. But when, as soon as you own your own space, it's a completely different ball game. And clients are going to notice. Yeah, because you can feel the, the energy is different. It's the energy, it's you make what, what kind of energy is it if I walk into your place? It's my energy. I make it. Yeah, it makes sense. People feel thinking. it. People feel it. And, and about uncertainty. And let me, let me really uh, drive the nail into the coffin with this one. Yeah. When I had the conversation, I'm repeating this so many times. I think it was such a valuable lesson. When I had the, 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 the sales call about this business course, I had a number in my mind what it would cost. And it was over that. When he shared the numbers, it was, th it was three times more than that. Wow. Okay. So my initial reaction was completely blown out the water. I was like, oof. Well, that's a lot. Wow. I didn't expect this. I know you guys are worth it, but wow. Yeah. And his name was Javi. He didn't give up on me. He stayed with me. He was like, Gregory, if we can make the money, I loved and use this sentence. Everybody listening, use this sentence. Use this sentence. If we can make the money make sense, there's no reason to not get you started today. Right? And I'm like, yes. So I love what he did. He isolated the objection. He said to me, are you any, anything else about the program? I said, well, actually I have one question. So he answered it. So he said, so now it's all about, it's, it's the finances, right? I said, yes. So it's like, well, I'm offering you a, a budget option. I'm like, no, 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 I don't need, I, I can pay it. It's, it's not that I don't have it, but it's like, it's, ah, yeah. it's a lot of money. He says, how many clients do you need to get that money back? LTV, lifetime value. I said, well, one or two. He says, I'll guarantee you'll make one or two with this course. Yeah, yeah. I signed up. But here's what happened. This feeling inside of me, my stomach was churning. And yeah, buyer's if, remorse. No, 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 no. Not buyer's oh. remorse. Oh, okay. It was churning before I said yes. I see. It was churning up and down. And if I would have listened to that feeling, I wouldn't have bought. So here's my conclusion. This was the feeling of getting pushed outside my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Because what he was sharing with me was stuff that I did not want to do. Yeah. Numbers, analytics, 
writing this, writing that. I was like, I hate that stuff. Yeah. But I did it anyways. And of course, well, well, of course, no. I made the money back already. And it's such a valuable investment. And that's what I wanted to bring it down to because you said, you know, maybe that feeling inside of you, if, it's, if it is capital, make sure you don't overstretch it. But if it's, if it's that feeling of uncertainty, that's probably the feeling that's pushing you outside your comfort zone. And where, do, where is the biggest success? And where do the biggest results lie? In effort and intensity. No. Outside your comfort zone, brother. Oh, I see. Okay, outside your comfort zone. <laughs> no, it makes sense. And, and scene. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. That's what's Dude, up, brother, man. No, that, that's really valuable. I appreciate it. Because I definitely feel like I'm moving to the next step yeah in my coaching journey like hey I'm, you, I'm worth a lot you're like, ascending I, it's ascension that's your yeah, protocol I'm, brother that's such a protocol i'm very good at what i do <laughs> and I can feel it happening um it. i i do need to work out soon and i think you might you probably have somebody that wants to talk to you we've yes. been talking for like forever at this point yes um i apologize yes. for being late but dude i mean i appreciate this so much like i love these conversations i had so much fun I, I don't know how other people are going to feel, but I love this one. I, I love the last one, but I really love this yeah, one. Yeah, I think they're going to feel um, it. I, I, I kind of like feel it. We're, we're Joe Rogan it. We're, yeah. We're, we're really, it's, it's having conversations. I like you. I appreciate you. Exactly. I also think you're a knowledgeable person. I also think you have, I love what you do on, on, on social. You, you are a coach. You know your stuff. I can learn from you. Man, it's win, 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 win. For sure. Um, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Our oh. next one is going to be the, uh, in, in January. The Kettle Knights Roundtable. Uh, let me, yeah. let me, let me uh, ring the bells for this one uh, at, the, at the finish of this conversation. And that is, my friends, please make sure you keep your eyes peeled for this powerful conversation that I'll be having with Emilio Joubert, with Pat Damiano, and with uh, Eric Dust Kettlebell Spectre. At the end of January, middle 18th of January, we're going to record. Yeah. Yes, we're going to record the episode. We're going to have a lot of fun. And then, of course, it's going to be up on the channel. It's going to be up on Spotify. Emilio, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate it, brother. Of course, Gregory. Thank you so much. Have a great night, right? Have a great night. Yes, night. We help busy over 40s get in shape in 30 days with only 30 minutes of kettlebell training per week. Grab your free ebook to find out how we do this. Type yes in the comments or check the link in our bio or description.